Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 1. It's the premiere. Uh, big, big event. What do you yeah. think of it? I thought it was one of the more incredible pilots I've seen. I can't think of... Um, I'm trying to think of a better pilot in the last year or two. Um, I know Leftovers really made a big impression, but I, I mean... Not only did it do an impressive job of world building, something mm-hmm. that you know I wanted a lot of answers to, but it also developed several mysteries and advanced a lot of characters. Where I feel like I've really, I, I really got to know like you know a good half dozen or more of these characters enough to kind of start predicting what they're doing, and it looked amazing. Yeah, I love the sound. I love the music. I love the action. I love the already the philosophical questions that are they're bubbling up. What do you think? The the boobs and wieners all over the place. <laughs> you know what? You gotta love that. That's the thing. Like <laughs> it wasn't like I remember in Game of Thrones, like all the boobs and wieners. Like when you saw them, they were really out display. But this was, um, I mean, it was so matter of fact. Yeah, it's and it wasn't utilitarian. Sec- yeah, like it, it was. It was something they used to tell the story of how these li- this livestock is being treated. Right. Um, I don't. I mean, it, it's as close to perfect as I can. Th- I can think of. I have a qu- some some quibbles here and there that might turn out to be, you know, um, baseless as we get on in the series. But I, what did you think? Yeah, I'm. I pretty much agree. Uh, I thought. So uh, let's get the bad out of the way first. I and it's not really bad. Uh, I I do feel like there's a lot of stuff that they need to explore. Like they have to go down certain paths and explain certain things to me. Otherwise, right. I'm not going to be as hooked as I as I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with a lot of the stuff about Westworld itself. Like I have I have many many questions about the operations of Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I agree with you. I I thought the show, you know, for a pilot and for as many questions as I have, really, really strong. Right. Uh, I was I was thoroughly impressed. I, I think it looks just amazing. It's I mean, there are a couple incredible. shots in there that rival anything you've seen in Game of Thrones. I, I mean, at the movies even. Like, oh, yeah. I think this looked better than Magnificent Seven. Uh, yes, definitely. Like, like in an hour 100%. five, it's already a better movie than the latest Magnificent. I'm not talking about the classic. I'm talking about the the latest uh, Denzel Washington Chris Pratt j- uh, joint. Right. Um. I. I mean, the scenery. Is, it's 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 incredible. Um. I, yeah, I don't know shit about the you know how you do. Uh, DP work and compose a shot and and get stuff to look that golden and glowy, but fuck right. if they do, they do, they know. Yep, oh, they, they all do. know. <laughs> it, and it's known, incredible. They they know better every day. And the acting, like you know, it's especially when um, it's so incredible to me that these guys, these people are executing a, a super high level when they're asking you to critique it, like. You know, when you're just looking at someone doing like this simple facial gesture or so, and they're calling attention to it and calling attention to the performance, like, oh, look at this, and it still holds up, or like watching right. a, lo- a robot slowly lose its mind. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just thought it was completely convincing and, and awesome. And also the fact that they, they did a lot of judo, judo flips on me. I mean, I think they probably roped everyone in thinking that. James Marsden's um, Teddy was the guest, and that the Ed yeah. Harris's Man in Black was the host, and then surprise, uh, and they they did that a couple of times where I thought things were going to be the one way, but then they turned out to be the other. Like I thought that 
at the end, you know, you see Dolores's father like cracking up, losing his mind, as serving as a as like threatening Anthony Hopkins's Doctor Ford character. But then by the end of the scene, the way they explained it made it seem not as scary as it was. What do you mean? Just the fact that he's you know that the that that he's not going this that perhaps that he's not going off on his own. These are just random fragments that he's accessing through his reveries of his previous horror based character who quoted a bunch of menacing Shakespeare. Right, like right. you know. Bernard's freaking out like we didn't program this and Anthony Hopkins well yeah we did and then they contrast that to Dolores who definitely has changed Mm -hmm. and is definitely violating one of her prime directives not hurting anything alive like I said I man I I could probably talk for hours about this yeah we'll we'll get into all that like that (laughs) there are plenty there will be plenty of opportunity to talk about that later uh I I did want to talk briefly about um I don't know the difficulty, I guess, of telling a story with robots. Um, sure, and specifically at the beginning, because I feel like they're going to evolve out of this as the show goes on. But there are a couple scenes between Dolores and Teddy that are, I guess, supposed to be emotionally impactful that do nothing for me because I know a that they're both robots, and b they wake up in the morning and remember nothing. Hmm. So, but as I mean, as the show goes on, they will have to develop some sort of uh, like as they become more sentient, I guess, or as they start to develop some kind of sentience. I guess. Oh, at this point, I feel like they're already sentient enough that I'm having. I'm not having any trouble understanding. I mean, yes, I don't I have don't trouble think, understanding what's what going on. What, 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 wait, let me finish. My it's just thought. not connecting. I'm not saying that. Um, I, I guess I'm not having any trouble of of seeing the core tragedy of their existence, even if I and, and I started think asking myself like. Okay, these characters maybe they're not sentient now, and maybe we're seeing them become sentient. But I started mm-hmm. asking myself, like, when you have a simulation that's so accurate that, you know, when something happens it cries, and when something good happens it laughs, and it and, and it's programmed to feel love for its father, and like when it's that, the verisimilitude is so high. What is the difference between that and reality? Right, like. I, that's one of the points that Lee kind of makes. And there's the other things. Like, I started thinking about you know, how, like, realistic video games are getting, where you've got a lot of the same that you're confronted with mothers grieving over children and, and vengeful fathers and, like, what, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to argue that when you're playing video games you're a mass murderer, but kind of? You know, it's like it's it's a lot of uncomfortable questions. So I guess I don't have any 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 trouble seeing if not i mean if if i wasn't connecting them as like a romeo and juliet i was definitely connecting them as like this is a very pathetic existence this is like okay uh, and and like but does it matter i mean that's you know those are the kind of questions we probably are going to talk about a lot um does it matter that these robots have a pathetic existence i mean does it matter that a, a factory line droid can't go out and do what it wants to well, I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable because, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable subjecting an animal, like, even, like, a, a fairly right. low-order mammal like a chicken to any of the things that these characters are going through for something, something's pleasure. Mm-hmm. So already I'm having ethical problems with the idea of the park itself. Right. And I guess where you come down on that is whether you think these feelings are legitimate. Right. Um, and whether there's a consciousness there. And I think, you know, episode one, it, it does dig surprisingly deep into that. Uh, um, they just yeah. kind of start off with a bang. Sure. As far as, like, 
well, robots are becoming sentient now. Like, uh, honestly, through... the confidence that they showed in showing how much of the premise in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think we'd get the. I thought it, the first few episodes were going to be like, hey, look how cool it is that we're shooting up cowboys. And right. things would get kind of unhinged in episode three or four. But wow. Yeah, I mean, there is certainly a lot more to it, right? Like, we talked in the preview cast about how... There might be a lot of stuff going on around Westworld. It's not all just about the the robots. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that's true. I mean, whatever the Man in Black is doing is certainly outside of, of Westworld itself. Sure. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff there to, to discover um, as we go forward in the series, and I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get into a recap real quick? Let's do it. So we start off with the, the slow zoom in on a bloody Everett Wood. Actually, do you have any thoughts on the credit sequence? Uh, it's going to get boring real fast. You think so? I, this is not a Game of Thrones credit sequence where you want to see it 15, I 25 think times. It, that part, part. well, I don't know, because um, there's all kinds of credit sequences. Like, I would have thought the season one of The Leftovers would have gotten boring. Um, and some of that is just a music. Like, it's like, you know, Game of Thrones music kicks ass. This is a lot more thoughtful right. and dreamlike. But... I don't know. I thought there was some already interesting thematic stuff in there, like the fact that you've got this robot that's kind of under construction playing this player piano, and there's this one part where the hands come away when it realizes the piano's playing itself. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of inter- like an interesting choice, that you've got this robot that's maybe realizing that this isn't real or he doesn't need to do his what he's programmed to do. I, I don't know. I thought all, even in sequence and just watching the two robots under construction fucking was interesting. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I just say, if you had any thoughts beyond, it's going to be boring real quick. No, but. I'm going to skip it basically every other every time I watch an episode from now on. Mm. It was okay. It was fine. I wonder if they'll change it because I could also see like it'd be really easy to change those tableaus um, right with like and make it relevant to the plot. I don't they might they, keep it fresh. I don't, I don't know. know if they will, but that would be something that would be kind of cool. Like if they had like thirty different pre-rendered scenes that they could kind of mix and match and different, do different camera angles based on what they're trying to tell. I don't know, but I, I I thought it was pretty absorbing at least the first first few times I watched it. Right. Okay, so we get a slow zoom in on bloody Evan Rachel Wood while some guy asks her questions about the nature of reality and her world. She wakes up in bed, goes outside where she sees her father, and then she's off for the day. Uh, there's a lot of narration here asking about, you know, would, uh, what, what's going on right now? I'm in a dream. Would you like to wake up? Yep. I'm pretty scared. Uh, have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? And so the, what I thought was interesting on second watch was the fact that he orders her to lose the accent and she mm. immediately does, of course, which I thought <laughs> that was kind of interesting that, and I guess as you find out that, you know, these hosts haven't always been in just Westworld. They get shuffled around to, I guess there are various realities, or maybe Westworld gets like a makeover and it was horror world and they've just kind right. of... But it's it, that that was kind of interesting. But I noticed that... So he told her to lose the accent, but when he asked her about... um, You know, what she th- what she thought of her life in Westworld, she automatically switched back to her southern accent. Hmm. Is that... And I started thinking, like, okay, are we supposed to understand? Is that further hint that she is gone kind of rogue? That she was given an order to lose the accent, and then of her own volition, she puts the accent back in when she starts talking about how she views the world. I I don't know. I is is there anything to that? Am I reaching? It could be. I mean, she's one of the bots that got updated, right? So uh, apparently, 
so during the episode there is kind of this cascade effect where things get more and more significant mm-hmm. uh the the behavior becomes more and more aberrant right uh so yeah that could be part of it okay uh but th- there's a lot of stuff here about uh, that i i think applies you know to people as much as it does uh to these bots in this world sure everybody um, wants order and purpose in their life Right, and they're looking for a place to be free, stake out dreams, unlimited possibilities, those sorts of things. Um, makes a lot of sense. And I guess they tell... So they tell the bots that they're in a dream while they're being repaired, right? Now, is this for some kind of purpose, or is this just something that this guy's doing at the po- at this point? I don't know. I guess it makes them... It's kind of like, I guess, a loading screen... You know, if you tell them that deep and deep dream of sleep and they go and you can then boot them up to, you know, we don't have to give them an excuse. That's the thing. Obviously. Well, I mean, if you want to get to the brass tacks, I don't think they would send the person to interrogate a fucking robot. I think they would jack something into the robot's mainframe or, you know, memory and just start scanning through code like that. This seems grossly inefficient, but it's also effective movie making. Like, seeing someone interrogating a robot is a lot more interesting than watching Jeffrey Wright go through reams and reams of code. And like, oh, there you go. There mm-hmm. you go. It's it's X plus plus instead of X minus minus. Oh, god damn it. We uh, incremented wrong. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. Code can't lie. Yeah. Code can't lie to you like a robot could. And I think that they're trusting in this framework so yeah. they can have, like, layman maybe get to the bot. But it that, I mean, I guess that's just, I'm going to have to chalk some of this stuff up to dramatic license. Because the one thing is gripping and interesting, and the other would be uh, kind of boring. And also, you're like you said, or the code can't lie. Right. So, I mean, right off the bat, I, I don't know if we understand this right off the bat or if this is something that we understand later. But the original from the title of the episode is Evan Rachel Wood. It's yeah. Dolores. Uh, well, I just, think that title hints towards something bigger. Well, it's funny because I thought... going to be the cause of something larger. When I first saw the original, I was kind of bummed out because I thought, oh, I wonder if this is going to be a remake of... Because <laughs> Westworld is not that. Like, you cut out the Roman world and the medieval world stuff, and I bet it's about it's it's a tight 49 minutes. Right. Um, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's just going to be kind of... And then I was still wondering that as we saw James Marston get off the train, and it looked like he was going to be the newcomer, and... Uh, yeah, like I said, I was completely floored and surprised when it turned out he uh, t- uh, was a host. But um, yep. yeah, and uh, and also the I guess on second watch, it was interesting to watch him play, like overhearing the people talk about. Oh yeah, I was here last year, and it was, I did total white hat. I had my kids and my family, and I came back and I went straight evil. And he kind of had like a disturbed look on his face or a weird look, and I now understand that that's like. It seems like the hosts are programmed to have a generic, like, almost unable to process what they're hearing when it doesn't make sense to their world. Right. Like, that picture doesn't look like anything at all. Like, that's like, you know, is he just hearing them say word salad? Um, mm. I, I don't know. It, it was pretty cool, though. You're static. Yeah. It's all static. Uh, so, yeah, this guy. It's like a modem handshaking. This guy, James Marsden, you're talking about, whose name is Teddy, uh, rides the train into town. He rides in Westworld, walks through the town. Sheriff asks him to help catch a fugitive, but he's like, nah, I've got better things to do. Walks into the saloon where he looks outside and notices Dolores, and he goes to talk to her. She races off on her horse. He follows. They stop to watch some cows and have a quick chat about their life paths and uh, also mention that her dad won't like that he's back. This should have been an indicator. Had we known the rule that 
the robots get reset every night and don't have any memory, mm-hmm. we would have known that James Marsden is a bot. How? Because Dolores recognizes him. You said you'd be back. Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm, so I'm back. I don't know that we can say that they get their memories erased every night. They said... Um, the 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 direct the quote from the director of the facility said the robots get their memory wiped at the end of every narrative arc. Right. So you don't think the beginning of the narrative arc is him riding the train into town? Well, not. I mean, but I think it'd also be cool if I was a guest. I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but because okay. obviously this isn't right. But I I think that also uh, if I was a returning member to Westworld, what would make this seem super impressive is if I did make an impact in the world. Like, when right. I come back and I killed uh, fucking, what was his name, Hector, what's his, what's his butt? Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that Escaton I... Escaton or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Hector yeah. Escaton. Um, I, it would be cool if the town, like, you know, remembered me. Like, you know, so one of the hosts bought me a drink. Like, you're the guy that killed that black Hector. Uh, um, and I, I don't know. So I guess it wouldn't seem unusual if I was sweet on a particular host if she remembered me. Like, I think that would make me really pony over my $40,000, right? Right. So, like, but they make it clear throughout the episode that, that is not true. Like, had had we known that at the beginning, we definitely would have spotted it. But you don't, you don't, so you don't think that they can, like, oh, no, wait a second. She doesn't remember the man in black from the previous night. I get that. But you don't think that the writers couldn't program her with the memory of a returning guest if they thought that would be an interesting arc for that guest to <laughs> sure they could program her with anything okay. they clearly haven't though so that's what i'm saying is like i don't think that there's that that, that this was direct evidence and but it's also stupid that we're arguing about something that's not right <laughs> so let's move on uh, there's a really amazing shot that we talked about earlier where they're riding through the desert oh here. shit yeah and they're up on kind of a the the ridge of a hill having this kind of bit of a flirty beautiful. race yeah like yeah. i being from the midwest it's always jaw dropping to go out to Colorado or New Mexico or Arizona or California and like, you know, or any place has got a beach, anything that's got interesting, something more interesting than gently rolling hills, cornfields and Indiana's approaches some kind of natural splendor, like for a couple of weeks in the fall <laughs> where all right. the leaves change. Uh-huh, if you um, go south enough, yeah. you get a couple hills. But it's always like, I forget that like on this earth, there are places that are just this fucking jaw-dropping and majestic. Yeah, uh, all day, I'm, every day. And I, yeah, and I'm glad I can see them in 1080p. Yep, <laughs> good place for a park, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, let's add, let's you, add to you, the nature with bots. You had a theory, speaking of um, yeah. the, the theories are disproven or whatnot what's your what's your thinking on the virtual reality versus physical world at this point vr doesn't exist in this world apparently yeah because like if it's vr world the fly getting swatted in doesn't mean much right no it's definitely real world these people are not jacked into anything they're just going to a physical location where there's a park full of bots. It's like okay. going to Chuck E. Cheese to see the showbiz band play. I thought or so too. I thought so too, but I wasn't because you were, you know, uh, the, since that theory wasn't super important to me, I wasn't looking for evidence to confirm it. So I thought maybe, but yeah, you're, well, it you're, raises uh, the reason I, I guess I was thinking they'd go that way with VR is because it sure. raises the question: How can I, how can I go to a place where they they tell me all bets are off, do whatever the fuck you want, mm-hmm. be as bad as you want, go pure evil. Like with 1,400 other people with in the shit. park at any one time. Right, because you could be shooting at someone else, uh, a real human being. You could be grabbing the hair and, 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 and dragging off to the barn right. to rape a real person. Right, and how do you know? There's a safe word. It, it breaks that. I mean, you say rutabaga. 
Vega. Hosts cannot pronounce rude. They just go and then they start drooling and their eyes twitch. Yeah, like if a person says rutabaga, that means they're real. Right. Maybe there is some like. You know when you go to a laser tag arena and they kind of sure. give you the speech like, yeah. "Okay, here's what you do. Right. Don't cover your your che- sensors. Yeah, no running. Like, don't climb on any of the obstacles. Don't have any fun. Right. Uh, maybe they give one of those on don't the train. Don't rape the guests if you hear Rutabaga stop. <laughs> right. I, I I would like to get some answers to that because it would be interesting if like if they did have some kind of code word that you're supposed to say or like a panic button on your right. costume that like all the hosts would instantly turn into like police like RoboCops. And like, just yeah. essentially break up all. Like, their 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 goal would be to just restrain physically all guests until someone can come in and sort it all out. But because that would be but pretty they, easy to implement. But they can't hurt guests. They can't hurt, but they can also like you know if you just uh, you know surround people, that's not hurting them, but it's also preventing them from doing stuff. Uh, but what, what would you do right. if it's like two people ride out? Like like an Ed Harris, like if Ed Harris grabbed the guest and said, "Hey, I want to show you this bluff ridge," and then they're fucking scalping you. Like I, there there are a lot of interesting questions about how they yeah. control that. And I hope they. Th- that's one of the things I hope they delve into. That I was talking about at the beginning. Well, there is because man, that's a problem. There's an Entertainment World article that someone linked to me that has like the eleven rules of Westworld that I'm gonna consider into at the very end of the episode uh, in a, spoil, a spoiler section of sorts because I can imagine some of that info people don't want to see until it's presented on the show but um, yeah so maybe we'll have some of the answers at the, in, in there okay so uh, the two of them go back to Dolores house where the milk bottle bandits are killing her father that's what I'm calling these guys <laughs> that's a good word for them because holy shit they're obsessed with milk they like milk more than the McPoyles <laughs> like milk uh, the guy shoots. I mean, just so we, I don't get a, a million emails, I recognize that the funny thing is they're actually looking for booze, and all they have is milk. <laughs> right. So, like, I we get that we're just being funny, right? Uh, so James Marsden, what's his what's his fucking name? Teddy. Teddy shoots both of these guys dead. Dolores starts grieving um, over her father when Ed Harris walks up, starts being menacing. Teddy tries to shoot him dead, but his bullets don't do anything, and then Harris shoots him in the heart and then drags Dolores to the barn. And this is where we realize that Teddy's not real. Uh, yes. Yes, he is a robot. So. And we also, we get a lot, I mean, that's the thing about this fucking show. They drop a lot of knowledge on us in this one scene. The fact that this place has yeah. been around for 30 years, mm-hmm. that Ed Harris is a 30-year evil veteran of the place, like, it's, um... All interesting, and like he had this philosophical discussion with Teddy about like I always wondered why they paired you guys off, and then you re- I realized mm-hmm. that you know through my thirty years of raping and pillaging that there's winning doesn't mean anything unless there's a loser, and that you're programmed to be the loser, which serves as kind of an interesting philosophical statement for the show, and also some cold hearted smack to lay down on a good looking uh, <laughs> robot cowboy. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of narration here too about no chance encounters and everyone you know was built to gratify the desires of people who paid to visit your world. Right. A lot of a lot of robot stuff there happening. Right. Um, and he, you know, Ed doesn't want. He's paying a lot of money because he doesn't want it ease because she offers to do anything he wants if she'll just. Spare, and he's like, fuck that. Like you know, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm paying for. Yeah, it was. It's disturbing. On first watch, it was surprising to me that a guy who's been coming here for 30 years would react this way in this scenario, would, like, do this whole rigmarole with 
Teddy and like put the gun to his head and right. like, even humor Teddy at all. Right, he, like he wouldn't just shoot him down and go do what he's going to do. But, but I mean, wouldn't, that's, that's wouldn't him part of it. the part of the. So here's but, the thing. But let me let me okay, throw yeah, yeah. my second half of that in. But. The fact is, this guy hasn't been here in a very long time. He says it's good to be back. Like, it right. feels good to be back. So he is clearly, and it becomes clear by the end of the episode, that this is this night here is kind of like a return celebration for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just going out one night to have fun, and then the next day, or whatever it, whatever it is hmm. there, uh, he's going to go out and accomplish the mission that he's now back to do. That's an interesting interpretation. Um so to go back to your point, like I, I think, like what's that place that's medieval times, right? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I've never been to me- medieval times. I've always wanted to, and I've I've often wondered like if you go if you went to medieval times like thirty times because you live in Schaumburg or wherever and you're right next door and it's like it's just a place to go. Here's a Groupon. It's time to go again, honey. Right. Um, your reaction on the thirtieth time, I feel like there's two different reactions. Number one, you're just treating it like it's a you know you're just treating it like you're getting beef and bored and you're seeing a play and like you're just very blase about it. The other reaction it's is you're guy. super fucking into it. It's Jim Carrey and Cable Guy. <laughs> yes, you're essentially you're wearing maybe you're you're, you're wearing a costume at this point. You're you're getting in with the lords and ladies, and you're doing the these and the, like. Right. So, I mean, I think there's two ways you could approach going to Westworld for 30 years. One is like, yeah, whatever, bang, fuck you, I'm gonna rape you, blah blah blah. The other is like, I w- I've invested in a custom bad guy costume, mm-hmm. and I'm going to like, you know, do some self aware meta smack to these guys. Like, I'm playing I'm playing this game on a whole other level than <laughs> these other fuckers. Right. I guess for me, it always comes back to like video games because it is is essentially what this is except translated to the real world um or or it exists in the real world uh so after you you don't play a game constantly forever like even the people who have been grinding for 10 years on world of warcraft or whatever Mm -hmm. they're not playing that game the same way they played it when they began and most of them just play it to to grind out the final missions that's true like everything else is bullshit. I don't, I don't care about sure. any of your stupid gnome quests. Get out of here. Right. You fucking dwarves can suck a dick. I'm right. I'm here to fight. Uh, let's call him Ganondorf. I know it's yeah, not him. Sure. <laughs> but the final boss. Uh-huh. Uh, so I feel like a guy who's been coming here for 30 years would probably be like that. If if he had been, I think he's taken a the only very exception long break. is like when an expansion comes out, and that's the other thing is I wonder right. like has he been going to Westworld for thirty years right, or like yeah. as, as Westworld only been because we know Westworld's been around for at least ten because that's how long Dolores's father's been playing Dolores's father. Okay, sure, yeah, and so and before that he was a sheriff, so like I, I I guess that's the other thing because it does seem like you rejuvenate the. RP aspects of your your game experience when like a new expansion comes out, or at least I do. Right, and you would like you take it serious again. It's, it's all fresh, and yeah, yeah. So yep. Uh, I'm curious though where he was during that time, and and kind of what has changed to bring him back. No, why he's on a mission? Okay, let me ask you this: Where yeah. are you getting the fact that he's been gone for a long time? This like, feels good to be back. Right, but does that that could be like he hasn't been in a year versus it seems like you think he's been gone a fairly for a long time. All right. I mean, he what my impression of it is is that he has he stopped coming here. I, I don't know why he stopped coming here, but he did and something has changed his mind to bring him back and that's the mission he's hmm. on. Cuz he he's clearly like he's driven by something. 
by to discover something about Westworld. Yeah, and that's like that's the debate about what he's here for. And like I, I guess I had the opinion that he's a Dennis Nedry type. That you know, someone has ta- like there is obviously something going on there that's deeper than just gratifying. I mean, they tell us as much, right? Mm-hmm. And that I got the idea that he's there on behest of a rival corporation or he's there for some other purpose and they might have tapped him because of his access because he is such a VIP frequent that he could get away with shit. Because that's the other thing I think a lot of people were asking on the forums and emails like, how is Ed Harris up torturing hosts and doing all this weird shit with and nobody acting like they're concerned about it? nobody who acting like they're concerned about it the writers or the like he's scalping these guys and probing into their inner workings and saying a lot of stuff that you'd think that the writers or the the administrators would be interested in you know like what the hell is this guy doing you know that they have access to that but there's no comment it's almost like do they know he's there has he snuck in is he stealth somehow yeah so i mean all all very good questions i i feel like Whatever he's doing, it's not normal for the park, obviously. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, but it, so that that is a good question. Like, they would know that this guy's being scalped out there, right? They don't need a visual yeah. confirmation and, of it. They would have data coming back And I don't know that from that's noteworthy because clearly people come in there to get their fucking arch villain, super, you know, super right. villain on. Yeah. So scalping and torturing and all that stuff is not sure. out. But the stuff he's specifically saying, I think, would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I wonder how closely they can monitor that stuff in real time. That's true because there's got four. There's also it's a needle in the haystack. If you have fourteen hundred guests in right. one time and you're trying to cater to all of them, uh, this guy's off in the woods and he's not really participating in the plot. So fuck it. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, no, it's uh, it raises a lot of questions uh, about Westworld, which I'm that's get why to this later. show's so cool. Like twenty minutes in, there's already this yeah. much shit to try to unpack. It is cool. Uh, so the loop starts over and we pull out from this scale projection, uh, which. I guess they're monitoring it with some kind of drones or something. Uh, and they can zoom in and sure. show you close-ups. I don't know. It's interesting. Too, um, I, I'm, I'm going to call this the – I've dubbed this the writer's room. Okay. As All opposed right. to, like, the – what would you call the, like, medical bay, the the garage? Let's call let's right. call the gla- let's call the glass repair and construct. That's the garage. Uh, okay. The the panoramic 3D holograph is the writer's room. Uh, <laughs> just just to, for simplicity. All right. Uh, so we pull out to this lab where they're building horses, I guess, and testing the latest builds of all sorts of stuff. People L- literally horses. putting them through their paces. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the employees are examining one of the whores from the saloon. The guy is explaining uh, this guy whose name we don't know yet, but it's Bernard. Uh, he's explaining what reveries are to one of the other employees there. Mm-hmm. And they are apparently gestures that are tied to memories. And he gets a call. He leaves the room, which gives the female employee a fantastic opportunity to kiss this whore for some unknown reason. And she acts like, so would that be prescribed by company policy? No. You're not supposed to fuck the merchandise? Oh, oh, yes. That you're not supposed to. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I, they don't give each one a kiss before it, goes out, yeah. before it goes out. Right, right. Um, I thought the reverie idea was interesting that yeah that the, the, that Doctor Ford has found the way because so all the memories are wiped at the end of their narrative arcs but like you know you and I know that when you delete something on your hard drive it's not necessarily deleted it's just marked as free use so it can be overwritten but right. you can still recover fragments of data pretty pretty easily and that that's Doctor Ford has figured out a way to allow them access to that so they have these kind of thoughtful more human 
qualities. Now, it does surprise me. I, I can't think of any plausible reason that this would be useful, but or, or that it would be allowed, rather. Uh, but giving them access to previous builds mm-hmm. seems insane to me. Well, like you as as the robot in Westworld, you shouldn't have access to your Shakespearean dinner theater build. Like that's not how so, yeah, yeah, uploading builds take to that, hardware works. I, I didn't take that as like that. They had voluntary control over that. It's more like you know when you're doing something and you have like a sense of deja vu or a sense of um, a, a vague memory of something, and it makes you kind of thoughtful and look off. I feel like it's that kind of thing. That kind of like you know that that there there's some kind of thing in the background that every once in a while goes and looks through their old fragmented memories, and then the robot because that's the that's the other weird thing is these things fucking act like conscious beings, so when they're presented with information, they have these kind of emotional reactions to it, which leads me to believe like, you but know, they don't have to. You can turn that off like data. I, that's right, but I mean. You know, if you think of us as biological machines, you could lobotomize us, and that turns off our kind of emotional connection to right. things too. So, I'm, I still it's not like just the fact that you can turn aspects of that on and off. Like you could drug someone to. I mean, there's I don't right. Know. I'm I'm not making any any kind of declarative statement there, other than that is a fact that you can yes turn them off. I'm not trying to say this means they're this, not yeah, sentient. Right. I'm right. Nothing like that. I'm just right. saying. That's an interesting piece of information. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but you can turn sections of them off. But I think there's, like, them accessing their previous builds is something that they can only do under, you know, guidance or command. But them wandering through to get this kind of, you know... I, I, it's interesting because he's like, it seems like that Anthony Hopkins is trying to really almost gild the lily. Like, he's going to levels of realism that no one even wants. But he's doing it because it's interesting to him. Um and I thought that that and, and this is like you know there is no like the fact that this whore is touching her lips in a thoughtful matter. I did any you know was that on a guest request list you know like I want my whores to be more thoughtful. <laughs> I want them to have like deeper like you know and, and even the writer yeah. later on says this is actually getting to the point where it's counterproductive. So right, which, which I disagree with. Um, I think the more realistic you can make it. As, as long as you can define for these people, hey, this is not real. Right. And and that's the other thing is, like, Dr. Ford doesn't care because just like, you know, there's 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 like video game developers that they're what, – what makes them get out of bed in the morning is to make worlds that are ever more realistic. Like, I remember thinking 10 years ago when I first saw Half-Life, well, there's no fucking way games are ever going to look better. Right. And now we're here and I'm saying the same thing and in 10 years and, – and thank God for those people because we would never advance beyond the state of the art. But mm-hmm. – yeah, like he's. I mean, and I, I imagine there's a lot of like executives at a lot of game studios that wish they, you know, like, hey, I, I, why can't we make these games more like Madden, where we just, you know, every year we roll out the same game, has a different roster, we've changed a little bit of scenery. Like, think how much money we could save on game engine developers, etc. Right. So, yeah, I guess I have a different interpretation of what Ford is trying to do. Really? Um, that we'll get to in later scenes. Okay. Yeah, because I I'm curious about a lot of statements made about him and by him and how this how this all makes sense right um you know you know the the worst job in the whole garage what's that i think it's the guy who's sanding the horse imagine what that must smell like <laughs> sanding, Just sanding horse? horse hair sure <laughs> it can't be good uh so 
I guess I guess this is kind of Westworld's uh interpretation or or explanation of budding consciousness, right? Like you get these gestures that are tied to memories. Um and and you you kind of like they almost preserve the memories in a physical form and cause reactions that you can't predict. Well, and he calls it a subconscious. Like, right. You can't say that without implying a consciousness, which is scary in terms of what sure. they're doing, right? Yeah. Maybe a consciousness that hasn't quite developed yet. Right. But could at any moment. And then, like, I thought it, the contrast between him talking about these as if they're very human and then he gets a livestock alert. That's my, my – I think it might be my only criticism is I thought the livestock alert was pretty on the fucking nose. What do you mean? I mean the fact that the that they call these these robots livestock, mm-hmm. like they are no different. It's than It's very any... Westworld themed term, isn't it's it? Not it's not just Westworld because like, which would make sense if this was just Westworld, but we know it's not. But it's also kind of like you know, um, it feels like you're really explicitly making the con- the connection to slavery and subhuman and uh, animal treatment of these things. Like okay. I, right. I'm just thinking. Like if you were in a, if if you you were creating Westworld or a a a, a world of advanced AI constructs that are serving hum, humanity's baser instincts, right? And you were thinking of what 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 should we call these when we're informally talking about it? Oh, I know, livestock. Like that seems too dark for any kind of cul- corporate culture. I like. I think the the boardroom so? would be uncomfortable, and they'd be like, "Uh, how about we stick with the whole hosts thing?" Maybe it's themed. Maybe when they they have the dinner party thing, it's like butlers or or <laughs> cooks or something yeah, like right, <laughs> whatever. Uh, like you call them inventory. You call them something like very. Any. I, I just. I, I feel like that's part of the whole thing. Like the closer these things come to being real, the more uncomfortable it is your treatment. So like you would want to. Yeah, you know, like dehumanize right. them, but but also not put like a, such a broad target on the dehumanization. Like, but you got to think like thirty years ago when they first started, uh-huh. and you could tell by a handshake that these things weren't even. It's close like it was ironic. Real. Yeah, yeah, it didn't mean anything, and that's the problem with whatever you call them. Sure, is eventually going to be usurped by the the pure fact that they are uh, developing consciousness here, right? right. Like, you it, let's say you call them robots. Or you call them hosts, like mm-hmm. they seem to. Mm-hmm. Eventually, host is going to be a dirty word because these things are going to gain sentience. Yeah, seems... They're going to come around and say, we don't like being called fucking host anymore. That's what we were before right. we had an existence. Yeah, I ain't hosting shit. Right. I got my own things going on, yeah. Yeah, so there's nothing you can call them that's going to be good. Right, eventually. that's true. It's all, whatever you're calling them, as soon as they gain consciousness, yeah. it's going to be a slur. It just it, is. It is. Because it's, De your, facto. it's yeah. your words, not theirs. Right. Yeah. Good point. Uh, uh, do you think that this uh, whore bot's going to remember the, the kiss? Do you think that'll manifest somehow? And I don't know. Does she get put in cold storage at the end? No, I don't okay. think so. But it is interesting that like this female technician, who's I don't think is named, or at least I didn't catch it, uh, she's the one that's kind of doing the sweep at the end. So mm-hmm. definitely room for them to... In costume. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You don't want to bother the guests. Yeah, I guess that's for the guest's sake. Yeah, she just looks like she's a doctor, a well-wisher, and, you know. Yeah, Dr. Quinn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mechanic woman. <laughs> so I think it's Teresa comes in and tells Bernard that there's a problem yeah, the in cold storage. Uh-huh. Uh, she orders a response team to check it out. They go down to sublevel B83. Damn, that's, that's deep underground. Deep. 
Yeah, I wonder what's in the other two. 82. Shoot, Every episode knows. we should find a new sub-level, yeah. I think. Hell yeah. And that'll just limit the length of the series. And they find Anthony Hopkins, who we know is Dr. Ford. He's having a chat with a very old bot. He orders the bot to get back in storage, as Bernard says, uh, how much admiration he has for these reveries. They're beautiful. Uh, remarkable, too. That's a, that's a word for it. Uh, so... There's, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Yep. Uh, the fact that the coolant's been out for weeks, which I don't know what's important to that. Is that that are the robots sweating because they talk about how bad it's going to stink down there? I think it probably yeah preserves them. Hmm. And because I mean, you get down there, they're all veiny and gross. They are kind of like deacon, like yeah. you know, almost zombie. But then Turning again, maybe I, I also wondered once I heard that there was some horror narratives. Like, are some of these intentionally zombie? Like, were they part of the horror, or are they just getting that? that bad yeah that's a good point and then like why are some of them just standing there and like old bills get zipped into a nice little uh body bag which is fucking yeah. creepy and i also like the way old bill like they made him intentionally whirring and clicking and like you yeah. especially on the second time through you can see just how artificial i mean he'd be amazing if if he was in a wax museum today but still oh, yeah. like you know compare him to dolores and that had to be green Teddy. screen there's no so a lot of this stuff what has got to be, be digital effects like, like all all the face twitching. Uh, I mean, he, he, some people can move their eyes in crazy directions, but most people can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, all that face twitching. This guy's movements, I, I think I they think did it with some frame holding. and Really? Because I, I think he's just like maybe he's gone to mime school or something because. I mean, yeah, I suppose the very best can do that. But you know that like it's difficult to pull off. You, really you know well. that the robot guy that does the dance at the Newport Levy Mall. Uh-huh. I mean, how much, how much more, how much more mechanical is this guy's movements than that guy's? Well, regardless of how that effect was done, I don't think anybody actually cares. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. I I really felt like he was mechanical. Yeah, and you know the they they also make a point out of which didn't seem su- too significant when you first watch it that this is the second host they ever built. Mm-hmm. We find out Dolores is the ne- the other host. First the, one, the first yeah. host. The original. The she's she's the Eve and the he's the backwards Adam. Um what that is significant, yes? Uh that, in, in what way? Like where where so are you why going with this? did why did they why did they put him in the cold storage but Dolores has been continually upgraded right. and rebuilt and her it's not and it's not just the surface level stuff. It's the fact she's that she's prettier. Like, she's much prettier. <laughs> she started looking like old Bill. You call her old Dolores. Um but you know, she doesn't make the she's her mechanics, like and they even mentioned she's been rebuilt so many times that she's practically brand new. Yeah. There is some significance to old Bill and her, obviously. I don't know what exactly it is. Like, I don't so know. So I felt like it, this was interesting. I don't know the reason why, like, he was putting cold storage and Dolores wasn't. But Why uh, is he in a body bag and none of the others are? So, so I took it, like, Anthony Hopkins going down to this cold storage area, he's kind of taking this as an opportunity to see where the bots have come from. You know, his whole thing about this evolution and humanity's kind of dead end here. Uh, and he was drinking with old Bill as almost like a personal form of therapy for himself because he right. mentions like Bill, old Bill's always a good listener. Yeah, so it's interesting because he hasn't been updated, right? Whereas right. Dolores has been updated, and almost so unintentionally, right? Almost unintentionally, they've also created a, a thing that they don't quite understand, right? Like mm-hmm. he gets old Bill. Bill's right. down there. He's just drinking. He's telling his stupid white shoe lady stories. Sure. Uh, 
But Does he feel there's kin- something... a kinship of White Bill because he's kind of a fossil and the people are openly talking about replacing him. He's got to be aware of some of that, right? Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, and that's kind of you know his whole dead-end speech. He feels like he's very much at a dead end. And now his mistakes are are a flourish he's adding to try to, I don't know, get to the next level or try to develop something different. I, I honestly think it's him trying to reintroduce evolution mm-hmm. into the natural process hmm. um, for, you know, he can't do it for people, but he could certainly do it for these bots. Right. Uh, so I think that's super interesting that, that maybe they through Dolores have constructed something they don't even understand by swapping out those parts over and over. And she's now something brand new. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And I, you know, part of me is like, I wonder if like they're, they're having him zip because I also think it's interesting. I've come back to this a couple of times. The fact that he zips himself into a body bag, is that because these old type robots will not be as well preserved just standing around in cold storage? Is it because Maybe. this robot yeah. special, like Anthony Hopkins has body bagged a couple that he sees as special is this all so they can set up the really creepy visual of these body bags sitting up in some future episode, which I always find incredibly effective, even though I've seen it in 30, <laughs> 30 different times. Anytime a body, right. anytime a, 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 a body with a sheet over it or in a body bag sits up, it's always a, it's always creepy. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's something, something to it. Uh, can you tell me what a critical failure is? That sounds ominous. We haven't had a critical failure in the park in 30 years. That sounds to me like someone died. That sounds to me like the roller coaster comes off the tracks and murders a bunch of people and they shut down the park. Yeah, I would think that that's probably like, you know, there's like this these urban legends that no one dies in Disney World. Right. Like what, what they'll they'll keep your heart pumping until you're off park <laughs> premises and then you uh-huh. die. Like I wonder if there's some of that. Like is there some juking of the stats or are they defining critical failure loose? Like if a program – they talk about a robot breaching yeah. later on. Like bre- breaching his reality, which sounds kind of suspiciously like becoming self-aware. Seems like it, yeah. And then they decommission them, mm-hmm. which also seems to be a, there, there's like a there's a benign decommissioning where they just put you in cold storage, and then there's also uh, a violent decommissioning with the armed response squad because he says, "What are you going to do? Decommission the boss when the guy pulls the gun on Ford?" So right, you know, it, it, it'd be that'd be somewhat. I feel like we're going to come to appreciate that what they've been doing is eliminate robots that become sentient. Okay. Like they've, they've created artificial life and they're destroying it when it's, when it's uh, becomes problematic for them. How do is... they do the cleanup, man? I mean, this is such a vast area, like vast area. Mm. How do they gather up all the bots, repair them overnight or over how long of a period? How far in the future put them do you back think we commission? are? Because they, they talk about beating every disease and keeping the weak of stuff us alive. The only thing they can't do is res. I mean, we could be a hundred plus years into the future. Like, right. I guess yeah. keeping track of that kind of stuff seems like child's play compared to everything else we're seeing. Hey, I'm just wondering about, uh, what's his name? Kissy. Yeah. Like what, what are they going to think when they find him? He's been scalped. His scalp's nowhere to be found. But, right. Like, do they just make him a new scalp? Put him back at the table the next morning? Well, like, uh, so the one, the the one, uh, you're a growing boy, milk bandit. He gets ventilated all over the place. When they put him in the cold storage, right. he's in pristine condition. I feel like they have some way, like they dip him in that milk shit or something that right. just reconstitutes the superficial damage. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, so the loop begins again, and Dolores stops to chat with her father. He says, watch out for bad guys, and she says, I'll be home before dark. Yeah. And it's 
it's beginning to look a little less than rosy at that house. Well, not only that, but, like, that's what I was thinking. Like, these robots are doing this for no one's benefit except for their own selves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this his father's acting on these basic drives he's been programmed with. How is yeah. that any different than what I do? Uh, it's probably not. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's already eerie. I would have been more comfortable if these guys are essentially just like blank slates until like a guest gets within a half mile of them. Like the fact that they have these vignettes where they're having these emotional exchanges really creeps me out. Okay. So Teddy gets off the train again. Things play out slightly differently this time. Teddy gets stopped by a few newcomers before he can talk to Dolores. So the man in black gets to her first. Uh, fortunately, he just hands her some beans and then walks into the saloon where he sits down at a card table and eyes the dealer. Uh, very, very ominously. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So this is the other part of that. I guess um, they're programmed to kind of adapt to this, but much like the difference between, I guess, a, a video game and a pinball machine, physics is in play here, right? Like he crashes into this guy this time in a very different way, even though they're both bots. Sure. Uh, he crashes into him. His hat gets knocked off. He's got a, He still does the like finger thing. Hey, bud, no problem. Uh, what... What do you think it would take for Teddy to actually get angry enough to go at this guy? I, I feel like that they're... <laughs> like a swift kick just directly to the groin? Uh, yeah, I'd, and why would the other robot decide to do that? Like that, what? It's like these minor improvisations adding up to this emergent behavior, which you yeah. could also describe as a kind of intelligence. Um, I That stuff is, is really interesting. And also, I'm having a hard time understanding, like, surely this narrative... I know this narrative arc is not completing every single day. Because there's this, you know, the the Hector guy that's up in the mountains. He's, like, the big plot. Mm-hmm. So, like, are there subplots that are... Because, obviously, Dolores is resetting every day. Right. But would that... I mean, if I'm a guest that's staying for a week, I feel like that breaks immersion. That I could sit there on the front of the general saloon and watch fucking uh, well, what, what Teddy are... bump into Dolores and have the same speech every day. Right. Maybe, uh... I mean, I get that that's the case. Like, Walt Disney World, you go to Main Street, and there's a parade, and it's... I mean, I guess sometimes there's Santa Claus, sometimes there's more fire, but, like, it's essentially the same thing you're seeing every day with minor imp- improvisations. But I feel like Westworld, you want... You're there for the... You know, I'm, I'm not wanting well, episodic that... content. I'm wanting serialized. Right, right. Uh, that brings up the question, like, what are the hours of Westworld? Like, how right, long do you sure. go in for? Yeah. Do you go in just for the day? Do yeah. you go in like, for a week, What if the guest stays, uh, up for 36, stays up for 36 hours? Right. That's what I would do. How do you get them out? Yeah, I don't know. If I, if, if I paid $80,000 for two days, I ain't sleeping any of those two days. Right. So... Um, like, I'm how, on all there, their there tricks. There are so many questions I have about this just sure. vast open area. Like, how do you stop griefers? Yeah, how do you yeah. stop people from sneaking into the park and fucking shit up? Like, no, yeah, this is these are all reasons why I thought it would have to be VR, but I guess it's not going to be. Anyway, I don't know. I have a thousand other questions about the park, but indeed, in time, I hope all is revealed. Uh, so the guy who accepted the mission to find Hector finds a body out in the desert, and the sheriff starts to explain what's going on, but then he starts twitching and locking up. And they take him back to the lab to examine him. One of the one of the guys who we're just meeting, Lee, is super pissed. Uh, Teresa suggests that they pull all updated hosts in order to roll back the problem. Lee starts shouting about how they can't pull all that many at once because it'll break the narrative of the park. And then Teresa says, "Well, if the or she asks if the hosts are dangerous, Bernard says, "Nope, the core code is intact, still good." So she decides not to pull them but to monitor them instead. 
I thought it was funny that like there's a lot of meta conversations about Hollywood and how like the above the line and below the line guys get like you know I think from Bernard's perspective the guy that's just coming up with stories has the cushy job and the story guys like why can't you fucking engineers get your shit together so you know you're fucking up my stories like I thought that was all like, right. really super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very Truman Show to me this entire thing. Yeah, like which is another Ed Harris movie, and it's and also the tension between the the husband and wife. That like the one guy he wants to go hunt bandits, and she wants to, I don't know what the hell she wants to do. She wants to watch Can Can Girls and go drink at the saloon and maybe have something exciting. But this this horse ride up into the mountains was not something she signed up for. No, and how do you like I you know. I, I don't know, like the the white hat trip with your family versus like what's this guy get up to if he re- leaves the missus at home? That's I mean, at the end he's killing people, he's shooting the I bank know. robbers. She likes and that. She's all into it. She's like, see, honey, we could just stay in town the whole time, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I I don't know. He's what's the deal with the scalp? Because there's there's like a scalp right. slicing in this scene too. I think sheriff. we're supposed to understand that. What that's why I think the people that are saying that Ed Harris is just trying to play a crazier version of the game are off the bat the the base because I think that we're supposed oh, to way wrong. Yeah. we're supposed to see that Ed Harris is doing something borderline scientific right with uh, Kissy he's looking for answers and he's yeah. got his scalp and, and and that's what the you know when when you're trying to get to the deep core core of the robot's code that you that's what you got to do so i i feel like it's almost it felt almost like industrial espionage more than just torture with ed harris's case right makes me it really makes me curious as to what ed harris could possibly be doing mm-hmm. that he would need the knowledge that kissy has in his his brain right and was it kissy in particular or right. was it like does he know is he the third oldest robot in town like what Maybe. is this or was it just like he could have gotten anybody yeah whoever came out of the saloon at that time would be the one that got scalped uh, i also thought that throughout the episode bernard increasingly felt like he was willfully ignorant about the danger that this stuff like, absolutely crazy ignorant for for the amount of risk that they're taking I think so. I, I think he's a Ford acolyte. I think he has immense respect for Ford. Sure, and he understands that Ford is tampering a bit with the protocols here, but he's not gonna he's not gonna shut it down because a he has a lot of respect for Ford, uh, and he doesn't want to do that to the old guy. But b I think he also is kind of curious mm-hmm. as to what might happen here. Right. Um. You know, and I, I don't know if he's part of management or not. He seems to be an engineer of some kind. But, but the top levels. But I don't. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, he's in the. He's having discussions that are important. Um, I, I just wonder, like, when when Teresa asks later, like, what is management's objective or drive? I don't. I don't know if he's part of that. Oh, I bet. I bet he's completely ignorant of it. Right. Right. I, I assume so. Um. Yeah. So. I guess some people are like thinking Bernard's a little creepy in this scene where he's like Teresa, that thing where you do with your face when you're angry. I want to record that. Like, that's not creepy. The man's doing his job. He studies humans to yeah. understand their behavior and right. their, and how they reflect that behavior in their body language. Like, like Vin Burt, the fantastic sound engineer of Star Wars, they have video of him like tapping guide wires for uh, high power, ext- you know, uh, <laughs> high voltage power lines, and like that's super weird behavior that normal people don't do. But right. he's trying to capture the sound of a blaster, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, like, I feel like he's yeah. Like, I, I didn't view him as creepy. I, just, I, I bet motion. Ca- 
capture guys do that shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Like there's they're at a Cirque du Soleil. I'm like, oh man, that'd be fucking awesome if a zombie was doing that down the side of a building. Like, I gotta need to get one of these guys. So yeah, right. no, I didn't think it was creepy. Like I see how it's felt creepy to the administrator. Sure, but I don't yeah. think it's ipso facto creepy. <laughs> right. Uh, they make a big point about the core code here being intact, but. We know that that is, in fact, not true. That's what I'm saying. Because like, Dolores, at the end, swatting that fly, proves conclusively He's entirely she's too cavalier about this, which yeah. was... That's that's definitely something they borrowed from the Westworld original movie. Like, no one gave a shit about the real danger it was all about. You gotta keep this open, you gotta keep your story, right. you gotta keep the guest happy. I mean, you can't... It's you Jurassic can't Park, watch yeah. this without drawing comparisons right. to Jurassic Park. It's right. so obvious. Uh, obviously, this thing is written by Michael Crichton too. Not the show, but they the did give him story. Yeah, they did. They did the give him story credit for this too. Right. Um, I, I guess uh, what's the name? Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. Jonathan Nolan is both writer and also director of this episode, which surprised me. Uh, I can't remember if that's true or not. I know I looked that information up to make the forum post, but yeah, I I mean it was in the credits. All so. right. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if he his uh, you know Christopher Nolan's brother knew his way around the camera. Yeah, giving him a run for his. It money. also it makes you wonder the nature of their collaboration, right? It's like he and Peel. Mm-hmm. Like you know, one of those guys writes more than the other, and one of the guys probably is a bit. But like when you see the finished package, it's always hard. So like when Jonathan and and Christopher work together, it's like. You know, I think Christopher's probably gotten the lion's share of the credit for a lot of that stuff because he's the one that's been more up front and center and he gets the director credit. But, you know, if this guy directed this episode without any training wheels, that's pretty, that's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, So we're out in a cabin in the desert and we catch up with the guys that Teddy's escorting around. Kind of got his whole day taken over by them. They talk about how they're creeped out by him and that they'll shoot him up if they get bored with him with his bullshit. What do you think about Teddy's affect here? Because, like, he almost looked disappointed when the guy, like he was ready to go meet Dolores, and but but I was I was debating myself as like, was that real genuine disappointment or is that just him going off his like he's really programmed how to react to Dolores but when he's got something that he's improvising, he's got like a much less sophisticated emotional palette. Also, they're oh, talking out of character, uh, and it's probably not giving him a lot to go on. He's got his own out. He can't acknowledge that fourth wall. Sort yeah, of thing. but like, there was definitely a some flicker of something when they interrupted him from meeting Dolores, and when he's sitting yeah. at the cabin, like borderline catatonic. Yeah, no, I mean he's he's clearly got the drive that he wants to be with Dolores, right? Mm-hmm. So it would make a lot of sense for him. You know, his his main drive, I guess, is to fulfill the wishes of of the. Who, whoever sure. he's showing around, I don't right. know who these guys are. One of them is from uh, what's that Tom Hanks movie about the the band, the Beatles esque? Oh, the Wonders. Oh, really? Band. Though it's the uh... yeah, it's the drummer from that. Yeah, it's the Wonders and from isn't the it? zombie zombie movie or uh-huh. zombie show. Oh, that thing that thing you do. That thing you do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, couldn't think of the name of that. So uh, Dolores is painting by a river when a family walks up and she invites the kid to feed the horses and the kid asks if she's one of them, a.k.a. not real. Dolores seems slightly confused for a second but goes on as if nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You'd think that they have a better way to handle that. Like any department store Santa Claus has a pat routine for when kids say, are you the real Santa? Right. Like, come on now. You at least have a, what what a drunken Santa Claus impersonator can do programmed into you, <laughs> right? How do you? 
so how do you keep that from being patronizing to adults though like if an adult comes up and says you're not real you're one of them yeah <laughs> i don't know that's a good question because i, guess I fully have have... believe that that guy in his fucking red uh-huh. red jacket that shoots the guys at the heist maybe just say oh you I newcomers say that. you newcomers say so 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 much weird stuff who knows right uh, Dolores' father finds something in the dirt. He's staring at it when Dolores arrives home. It's a picture of a woman in Times Square, and he's puzzled by it, but Dolores is unconcerned. It's she, surprising. Like, I, I noticed they blurred it out so you really couldn't tell much about the car because, like, that could have been mm-hmm. present-day Times Square or even Tokyo. Right. But, like, the things that really would have set it in a time or place, like the car and the particular details of the thing were blurry enough that you couldn't tell. Yeah, and is that because Dolores is looking at it? Ooh. Or is that just because the photo itself is right bad? nondescript, yeah. right, or damaged? Yeah. I, I also, it's, I think it, it's going to help it retain a timeless quality. Yeah, and she also says like, I I don't see it. It doesn't look yeah, like this anything doesn't look to like me. anything right. at all. And she says uh, the same thing almost as like if that's that's like a, some kind of self censoring thing. Yeah, because obviously they're programmed to avoid at all costs breaking. You know, right? They can't. Yeah, they, they somehow can't. So they must know, they must know what their purpose is, that they are in a park. Sure. And that they are here to be playthings of these people. Right. But they also can't acknowledge it. It's a very weird thing. It is weird that they're aware of the fact that they have these programming, but it's couched into terms like it's a, these things are revealed in dreams or these are your aspirations or yeah. drives. And it's, you know, that, that, that kind of makes it creepier and more unhinged. Yeah, they have it's to be. It's a very aware matrix of it. quality. Like they're all neos. They know something's wrong, but they can't quite put their fingers on it and oh, well, here's something distracting and like oh, you start all over each but day. But they have to be able to recognize also that this is something that might yeah, threaten that right. that idea. So right. What does that They look have to like? be like actually aware of the facts here. It's very Mm-hmm. There's some cos- uh, cognitive dissonance. Yeah, like on is there. there a layer of their programming that you could talk to? That's like it'd be like, okay, real talk. What did you see a picture of? Oh, yeah, as a girl standing in front of Times Square. Right? Could you know, could like, Ford get in there? If you get and a do low that? enough level of their programming that that's got to be. You would think so. Yeah. Anyway, back to the lab. Teresa's smoking when Lee comes up to talk. He tells her they should make the bots less lifelike because people don't want to really think they're doing these things. Sure. She's not a fan of the idea. Lee starts complaining about Ford's increasingly risky behavior. Chases and, demons right over the deep end. What does that mean? What are his demons and how is... It, it how means, is it, we're in for a doozy season one. I guess so, because I don't see anything other than a curious old man trying to make his product better. Like, nothing in his behavior would I describe as chasing demons. So, we must... We don't know enough about him yet, but I right. feel like... Yeah, yeah, no, these are, this is why this is so tantalizing, because, mm-hmm. yeah, what's going on here? Uh, she, or th- this guy Lee also says he knows there's something bigger going on, but he can't put his finger on it. Um, I, I don't know that I agree with this philosophy that this place works, because the guests know the hosts aren't real. Um, I, I, at least I don't, I don't agree that you should make them less lifelike for that reason. I think there's definitely arguments to be had that there's a, you know, past the uncanny valley, there might be another valley where people are just, you know, yeah, you might, you, unless you're catering to psychopaths, there is a, a where, where your common man and woman are going to be uncomfortable with the things they're doing if they're too lifelike. Right. Um, I, I guess I, I think it depends on what you see the value of the park as do you see it as just a playland where you can go 
kill things that aren't real. Mm-hmm. You can go rape things that aren't real. You can go it's a way to live have a an life adventure. That you can't live right, right. Or is it to experience a different time and place? Mm. And, and as much as it's experiencing a different time and place, I think the more lifelike you can make it, the better. And and you just tell them, look, this is not real going in, and mm-hmm. you know this because. Uh, you can come here the next time, and you'll see all the same bots. Right, and they'll all be fine. Yeah, no, it's 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 that's why I said that's interesting when they use the word livestock, is because it is a fine line of dehumanization and realization, and all those kind of coming together to create this tension between the guest of it's got to feel real mm-hmm. and grab you by the nuts, but you also have to, at a core level, believe it's not real so you can get that experience. Right. And that's why I, I feel like I, I totally identified with the head writer. What he's trying to get at is like, you know, we're already we're already for my purposes to the advanced level that we need to be to get this engagement. In fact, we're going backwards because this is causing all these problems. And look at all the shit. It's 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 fucking up with all our plots. Yeah, I I guess I just don't agree with him because of all the surrounding stuff you can do to make sure they know it's not real. Yeah, like I, I kind of. If I'm going to a place like that, I want to feel the impact of my decisions, right? I don't sure. want it to be me just shooting at targets. Right. If if I'm going to shoot somebody, I feel like they should have an appropriate emotional reaction. Certainly. You know, their family should react appropriately and, like, that kind of thing. But give me need, an authentic experience. But you need the whores to touch their lips in a thoughtful... That's what I, I guess that's oh, where I he's talking. Oh, really? I, yeah. Because that's Come how on. they did it in the old Come West. On. It's well documented. The whores were expert lip, touch, lip touchers. I mean, Yeah. I, what, that's what, what is set, that's what set them that. apart from the Parisian horrors of the time. You know, like the, the they just didn't know how. Yeah, I'm sure, there was holes in the wall where the men could see it all, but were they touching their lips in a thoughtful manner? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. Uh, do you know what the management's final drive is? I get the guests. I get the company. I don't necessarily get management. All right, couple solutions, couple possibilities that I thought of. Um, okay. Clearly, like, you know, if your first mind is, like, some kind of soldier robot, in which case I think having them have believable emotional reaction to things would be something that would not be good. The other one... But isn't the, so- isn't the soldier robot ultimately the company's? Wouldn't that be the company's drive? I guess, but like, then... What, did the, what does management get out of it? What do the mid-level guys get out of it? Oh, when you say management, I thought they they're talking about the company. I thought like, there were three levels to there's, it. Guess. There's the guest shareholders and management. Right. I thought Which management represents company. Yeah, but they're they just want the company to be profitable. Money. Management yeah. is like, what are they doing? It's like so it's some kind of secret okay. military project. It's some kind of like the other thing is I thought, um, is it some kind of way to experiment with control over society? Like this is a this is a lab where you can perfect techniques to manipulate and control people. Um, that's kind of sinister. I, there's a couple other suggestions I saw that it would be, um, this is like a way to, they're they're trying, Anthony Hopkins says the last frontier is this immortality. They're trying to create the perfect frames where people can upload their consciousness to effectively live forever. And you need a very Hmm. realistic human robot to be able to accept that kind of programming, you know, so where, where people would be like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to put my body in that. Or I want to put my mind in that. We talked about right. this on other um, bald mood podcasts. The fact that like 
do you want to be the G, the, the G one? Like, if, if they have the ability to upload your right. consciousness into a computer or whatever, do you want to be the early adopter? Be old Bill. Do you want to be the G one Apple iPod when the iPhones around the corner? And what do you want right. to be? Where's the sweet spot to jump in? Because like, oh well, we've promised 100 percent memory fidelity, but it turns out <laughs> you I'll only tell got 97 point eight percent. I'll tell you where the sweet spot is. It's when you're frail human body failure. That's you. the thing. Like you take what you, you take, take what you, what you get. get when you're dying. <laughs> right. But before then, you want to wait as long as possible, I think, to digitize. So but, I, I think the most important thing to understand, uh, the most important element to understanding what management wants is defining who management is. Who is management? It's Anthony not this lady. Hopkins is management. I don't think so. Yes, 100% Anthony Hopkins. He started the company, right? Yes. He's the guy who did all the work. But we see a lot of the tension where, you know, a person that founds a company no longer runs it, and there's tension there. I, I get the but feeling— But he clearly does. He's got the ultimate say on, on everything that goes into these bots. He has final check. But Teresa did something that he wouldn't like and mm-hmm. left it to— I guess, So I guess you're saying that, like, you think Dr. Ford could have said, absolutely not, we're not taking any of these guys offline? And they would have respected that decision because uh, I thought the decision yeah. was already made. It's just that this guy's got to explain it to him. I, I, I view him as the CEO. I feel like there's a little bit to. I, I I mostly agree with you, but I think the jury's still out about how much control Hopkins has over his own con- uh, uh, company. And also, okay. when push came comes to shove, if there was a disagreement between what Doctor Ford wanted and what management wanted, who wins? Okay. Who else is management? Teresa? Teresa's management, managed, but I, don't, but I don't think she is capital M management, maybe. Okay. Because they're talking about her being rotated in and out. I think the capital right. M management is like an all full-time, like you never go away type of position. Like we haven't seen management she yet. Might, she might be taking the next step to upper management. But I don't know because they're talking about like the successor to Ford. You might be right because he explicitly says, hey, I want to back your power play when you take over from Dr. Ford. Right. But there's more management than what we've seen so far, right? Or else why would they be talking about it in a third person? Uh, I, I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, I'm trying to figure out what they mean when they say management. And if they yeah. means if they mean Ford, it's it's much clearer. You can start to talk about that. If they mean management, as in like maybe Ford, maybe a bunch of other people we haven't seen as well, right? Then how do you even begin to piece together anything, right? And it's, um, you know, that's that changes too. like think about like Microsoft and Apple, the people that, right. you know, they leave and they come back and then they come back as a visionary. But then someone else running the company, it's like, is Tom for is Dr. Ford essentially Steve Jobs at this company at this time? Yeah, I, I would say he's probably the Jobs or the Gates um, mm-hmm. or the Balmer at this at this point, right? Where she the he bomber and he was the gate. That's what I'm saying. Like it's that stuff changes, especially well, when of course. About but they're talking, year. but they're talking about it in the moment, right? So. I don't know. In my mind, Ford's management, and I think what he wants is some kind of new form of evolution okay. in the form of these bots. I don't know that he's really interesting and interested in uploading himself into one. I didn't really get any hints of that. I got more of the hint of, like, I'm creating something new because humanity has reached its limits. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I do think it's telling that he's the oldest person by far we see on the show right. that's real. Yeah. So, like, the fact Maybe. that he would try to be desperately 
you know, and there's also the there's also something that's like pretty tropey of like he lost a daughter that he's trying to he's got a special project trying to bring her back or Maybe. he lost his wife. It's a fucking <laughs> yeah. Doctor Freeze situation from Batman. Like or he found a dinosaur I fossil <laughs> and coated in amber or a mosquito. His with grandkids dinosaur are going to come and visit next episode. One <laughs> right. of them is a Linux genius, <laughs> and the other knows everything about the old west. Yeah, yeah. this guy's Dark Hammond. <laughs> Dark Hammond, sure, he is. Uh Anyway, let's let's keep going. Uh, Kissy's leaving the saloon for the night. His pockets are emptied by the bartender, uh, and then he goes outside where the man in black cuts his throat and drags him off. Mm-hmm. And there's a really just beautiful rendition on this player piano thing with of Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun. I love it. It's I love it. Awesome. It is awesome. I also thought this again. This is so weird. There's no guests here. These robots are just going through the pantomime of institutional racism and distrust right. of each other. Like. Well, the feels, rabbit hole goes so deep. It's like, I, again, they feel like real people. It feels very much like a video game um, to me. Like, I, I think, I I think it was true. like The Witcher 3 or something that did this where, like, the things, like, as you, like, when you left, the simulation would kind of just keep going on well it's like you know or like in i remember in half-life places. i'm a craw- I'm, I'm i'm a scientist crawling through events trying to escape this government cleanup team and i hear these two commandos discussing about like yeah yeah killing mercs is one thing but these doctors and scientists mm-hmm. i'm not so sure about and then i drop a grenade on them and kill them but yeah i mean i, I very but much that stuff like all, that stuff really doesn't happen when i'm not around in the video games like sure. that stuff gets unloaded and mm-hmm. i guess that's the difference like Again, if you got something to simulation that's so this, uh, you know, that's this is some very Matrix types questions of what's real and what's not. But yeah, it just seems weird that I guess that's one of the problems someone in the forums had. It's like this thing has been running for thirty years and no one has brought up any kind of ethical or moral problems. Like, are they protesting? Are they like whatever the 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 version of Peter? It'd be Peter, people for the ethical treatment of robots. I mean, like, there's got to be something like that. Maybe. Maybe I mean it, it's the, you know the frog being boiled. Um, it's maybe it starts Clearly out with old, old Bill and can't boil a frog <laughs> and wax figurines and nobody gives a shit because mm-hmm. like why would I why would I care if Ford decided to put another robot in their car manufacturing facilities? Yeah, why I the mean, fuck do I care? And if it's smarter and better, great. Yeah, no, Let's you're do right. That thing you're now. Right. At some point, it does tip. I'm with you. Artificial intelligence is awesome right up until the point it's not. (laughs) Right. So we might actually be getting to the era where those those questions would be asked even, right? Sure. So I I hope the show deals with some of that stuff. Anyways, uh, Bernard's working on the sheriff when someone comes in and tells him that they have a serious problem with one of the hosts. We cut to one of the milk bottle bandits menacing a couple guests. He's killed the gang leader, and he's drinking all the milk. He is milk drunk. Uh, they freeze the park and they talk about how this confirms that the update was the problem. This the, the, this scene is crazy. Him drinking the milk and and <laughs> it it's is. pouring out of him. And he's talking to the like his program is intact enough to know that he wants to dish something out to the guests, but he's prevented by his perk because he's like, "This ain't for you. You can't have any." Right. Um. And also, this like he's pouring it down his robot's gullet and saying, "You're a growing boy. It's a grow. It's un." It's and then when weird. they. I love they do this several times when they freeze it. It's like creepier than when they were actually moving. Like the look on that guy's face and then he's mid growing boy is 
is ridiculous. <laughs> this is like if you're at Jurassic Park and you see that the fence has been busted. Yeah. And it, just how terrifying that must be. Like, at any right. moment, all of this shit could break bad. You see the bloody thing where the goat used to be. And like, uh-huh. oh, my God. Um, question. Bernard looks at a picture of a child. Uh-huh. His child? I don't know. I mean, that's something to file away for, like, future episodes because... But that... it can't be his child because the guy asked him, like, do you have kids at home? And he says no. And he says, well, you'd You're understand right. if you did. Yeah, what the hell? So huh. it can't be his kid. Huh. Interesting. Is Bernard a robot? Oh. We Wouldn't hadn't considered that robots are building the robots. Yeah. Maybe Ford built that, such that was an advanced key... robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm actually... The other thing is I'm a little bit on the fence about whether Ed Harris is just a robot that's been run wild for 30 years and been hiding. And he's okay. like, just like, he's like the, the agent Smith. Um, maybe he's, he's the original. Uh, yeah. That, that, the, that, cause, cause you know, obviously uh, there's the security guy piping on and on about the first, I guess we sh- we, sh- why would we believe him? Because he's been, not been around as long as Dr. Wright as, wait, well, he's not Dr. Wright. <laughs> That's his real name. Bernard has. Yeah. Um, and Bernard doesn't know the full history of the park. So I, I wonder if we're supposed to be skeptical. And I know, like, I mean, this I guess is gonna, I believe him, but like, this is going to get into, we're just going to get old real quick to be like, well, is everybody a robot? But when I say the original, I guess I mean the original. For whatever this new breed went rogue of bots is. became yeah. self aware, right? Yeah, maybe I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. It seems like it was the update. It seems like it was Doctor Ford. I mean, and, and everything Ed Harris is saying implies that he is a guest, right? And the fact that the bullets aren't working on him, all this stuff, but yeah. there's still like the fact that it was such a a surprising but very early kind of uh, reverse judo on the viewer makes me wonder if there's the double reverse. Could be. Get ready for it. Uh, so Teresa doesn't want to put um, the host back into service, and she demands that they recall all the faulty hosts using a m- much bloodier bank heist as a cover for the broken narrative. People won't even notice if we just give them what, more of what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Ford gets Bernard to admit that the Reveries Code has some mistakes in it. Ford talks about how evolution used mistakes to forge all of life on the planet and how humanity has kind of outgrown evolution. We are at our end. We're as good as we're going to get. Yep. Uh, and, and a lot of this conversation here is what stems, uh, what my idea uh, about his motivation stems from. Yeah, and they, they start talking about resurrection of the dead and calling forth Lazarus. And when they did that, they cut to the bot being constructed and how skeletal its features were. That's why mm. I think that maybe gotcha. we're supposed to draw a connection between this is an immortality project. Could be. I mean, he's an old man. You never know. Uh, the man in black has drained much of Kissy's blood, so he can't run away. And then he chases him. I think it's funny that the robot, the, the idea the, the robots are programmed the exact amount of blood they can lose before they die. Like, okay. I left you three right. liters, which is enough that's not going to trip How your... How does he stop that? How does he stop the bleeding? I wondered that myself. Because you cut somebody's throat, you're not going to stop that bleeding. Right, right. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe it's a robot. I guess maybe he's a he, robot mechanic. Yeah, he's a former. He's a disgruntled employee. How many different conspiracy theories can we spin about Ed Harris? I don't know. He's he's gonna get some answers out of Kissy though. Apparently. Hmm. Um. The deeper level to this game. Can, do you have any theories on what Ed Harris, Man in Black, might be doing here? I, I mean, it makes perfect sense if he's a Dennis Nedry type that he's in there trying to steal. Mm-hmm. Like a, this is corporate espionage. He wants to crack open what they're doing so that some rival company can do it better. 
It also makes sense if he's just a bored guest that he wants to, like... Yeah. He suspects that there's something that could be much grander about this experience, and he's wanting to get at that. But it doesn't make sense why you would cut up a robot's brain in an almost like diagnostic fashion. He might just want to see how much damage he can cause. Well, that's the other thing. He could just be like, how? Yeah. yeah he might will, be playing a game with the will, creators of the park. Will, will someone tell me when I have to stop? Right. Like, is there something that I can do? to to threaten this thing to where they'll is, is there a, a level that i can sink so low in westworld that they'll kick me out yeah <laughs> i think that could sustain like an entire season's arc frankly sure all on its own so I, i'm real excited with all the directions we have to go with this uh then the loop begins again and dolores father is still staring at this picture he freaks out about some question that you're not supposed to ask he tells dolores to leave and then he whispers something in her ear dolores rides into town and finds teddy and then they, for some reason, see a bunch of shrouded figures riding into town and say, we should stay here. This is a good place to be. What the fuck, Teddy? Uh, didn't he say that we should get, but, like, he says says we should get out of here, but then, then they rip off their robes and it's 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 uh, bullets from hell to breakfast. Um, I do want to say, again, that I just can't believe the acting job that Dolores' father does here. This I've seen his character actor in a lot of different things, mm-hmm. um, and I mistook him for Ed Harris in that Meet the Maker speech he's about to give, but plausibly playing both a malfunctioning robot and some kind of emotional presence that we're supposed to identify and pity is a pretty, pretty difficult thing to do, I'd imagine, and he just nails it. Yeah, he does. He's incredible, especially in... The scene with Anthony Also Hopkins. so relieved that we don't have to wait to see what he whispered. Like a lesser right. show, I feel like that would be a, a Oh, but there's a, oh. there's a second whisper. Oh? There's a second whisper, too, from the... Bernard to Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a yeah, single I guess tear runs true. down his, his cheek. <laughs> I guess that's true. I forgot about that one. Uh, I guess I didn't think that that was going to be as... I, I thought that was just him being told to deactivate. Uh, could be, yeah. I, I feel like maybe it was some something about his daughter... Uh, like maybe I'm I'm gonna help her or <laughs> I'm gonna rape the shit out of him. No, no God, but that's no. That's, no. But I feel like that that's him being deactivated. Like he's aware enough of what being decommissioned means that he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to protect his daughter, and he knows that right. That, that's one of his drives. And that yeah, it's so weird to see the robot, you know, tears welling in its eyes as he's going in his cold storage. Fucking awesome. Yeah, I I couldn't tell whether whether he was happy or sad. Like whether this was like a tear of. Oh, I um, thought it was. It looked anguished to me, but if you're confused, then that means they definitely played it that way. <laughs> right. Uh, is there any indication about how the town gets reset? Because he's been sitting here all night, right? Or has he? Did he stow this picture somewhere and grab it in the morning with his residual. Yeah, you're his, right. Does Dolores go to bed every, and just have a standard day night cycle? Right. Do they come into the park and physically reset it? Do they move the bots to where they need to be? Do they rely hmm. on their programming to get them back to where they Probably, start? I would at? say it'd have to be the latter. That the only reason, the only time they go in for cleanup is when you know something like the end happens, where a lot of hosts have died. Yeah, feels like it. So he's he's jumped the tracks on that. Uh, I, I got to say, I love the way that this guy speaks both. In this scene, he's talking about hell's empty and all the devils are here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a pretty mm-hmm. powerful line. And then mm-hmm. uh, later with Anthony Hopkins, just, oh, yeah. oh, man, he unloads. It's, you can't go wrong quoting Shakespeare out yeah. of context. If you're uh, just cherry-picking Shakespeare quotes, you're going to sound pretty fucking awesome. I can definitely say Lee did not write this guy's dialogue. Mm. 
because Lee is shit. Like that amped up bank heist that he's got going. Well, he that speech he didn't get to the speech, man. But it was gonna be bullshit. Oh, you I could wanted tell. to see. I wanted to see. <laughs> no, there's uh, what does he say? Like something about there's a lesson to be learned here, right? And that lesson is right, right. You never know. I uh, thought it was gonna be. All, I thought that was just hilarious. That whole sequence and how uh, how how the um, how incredibly violent it all was, but also. Like, it's literally senseless violence. Oh, it's yeah. It's robots killing robots on script. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it's kind of how I felt about the final 30 minutes of the new Magnificent Seven. <laughs> okay. Like, it had none of this had any kind of emotional weight. And I guess that's kind of like what you were saying about uh, Dolores and Teddy and what you're supposed to... Like, it's so pathetic right. to see them professing these same lines in radically different emotional situations. Right. It's, it's robots kissing robots, I guess, is the same as robots shooting robots. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the heist. It begins, the robbers start shooting everyone up in the town. There's an instrumental version of Paint It Black by Sweet. the Rolling Stones, also awesome. Starts off as the player piano, and then it goes full on instrumental. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's a great song. Uh, Teddy gets shot during the commotion, and Dolores gets sad. And before Hector can deliver his big speech, he's shot, which what about greatly that disappoints one, Lee. What about that one dude that seemed like he was going to steal more than gold from the whorehouse, and he got his face blown off. That was pretty amazing. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Pretty amazing. Greg I... Nicotero going to have his work <laughs> cut out for him on The Walking Dead this year. I have a feeling that Lee's going to be the whipping boy in this show. Mm. He's he's kind of a dick right off the bat. He's clearly incompetent in his job. His narration is terrible. thing is, he's, a Holly, he's supposed to be a Hollywood writer, and that's Jonathan Nolan, so I feel like right. that, if anything, there might be a Mary Sue... <laughs> Uh, danger there. <laughs> we'll see. Um, anyway, after the heist, they round up all the faulty bots and they take them out of service. And they talk with Dolores in a scene that kind of wraps around to the beginning of the episode where she's being questioned. Uh, the picture comes up, the picture that her father had, and they show a crew examining her father's house and finding it. Uh, Ford talks with Dolores's father. He has him access an older configuration to make make him coherent, essentially, mm-hmm. enough to talk. Um, that that previous configuration started getting corrupted too. It seemed right. like, yeah, because of his reveries, his yeah. cascading failures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he starts to freak out again. So Ford switches him back over to the current build where things get real dark. Uh, this guy Peter says he's going to take revenge on Ford and Bernard. Ford recognizes his word as Shakespeare, and they come to the conclusion that the reveries are making the previous builds accessible to the bots because he had this dinner theater gig in the past. Right. Um. Which, like I said, I, I went from being, oh, my God, this is the end game of the series to, oh, well, this is just a robot going back to its previous part. That's not particularly scary. What? Uh, like when, when Anthony Hopkins, when Dr. Ford put all this in perspective of, like, this yeah. isn't a robot swearing he's going to kill us. He's just going back to his previous part that he was playing. Like, that instantly oh, made right. that whole situation less threatening. It's all just an act, folks, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he kind of convinced me it is, but then as they're putting him away and he's got tears in his eyes and also the fact that, you know, Bernard's saying most of the robots were fine. There was one that was definitely not. We're led to believe it's the father, but we see that Dolores is the one that's really got something seriously wrong with her. That's all. Right. That's all great. To the point where she can lie. She can straight up lie to them because uh, they ask her if she would harm a living thing and she says no. Does she know she's lying? That fly. 
It's like her swatting flies. Just like it's like you, you don't. I wouldn't like. I would. I would literally say that like, I would never hurt anything alive. But I kill all kinds of bugs. You know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a Buddhist monk. Well, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's that's a fair question. I I don't know how much of that is her consciously lying. And how, how much of that, of that is, is just casual? Grown. Yeah, she's grown because even wait her waking up routine. Like she's got a whole different look on her face. Yeah. This is this yeah, is like uh, Bill is Murray. Fading. Bill Murray, thirty days into his Groundhog's Day experience, <laughs> right? It's not fun anymore. He's drowning himself in the. <laughs> She's heading right to the toaster, the bathtub. The yep. Uh, I really thought they were going to kill Anthony Hopkins in this scene. I thought, here we go. The eighty-year-old man I is going to be snuffed out in the first episode because yep. he's too expensive and because he's too old. That's the great thing about these HBO shows is because you never know. There, it's just like them to cast Anthony Hopkins and splatter his guts in episode one. When that right. robot grabbed him, yep. I gasped. I, I was saying, get back. Yeah. This thing is dangerous right now. Yeah, they're not even going to wait for it. And he's just he's just like, you know, uh, Hammond from Jurassic Park. Just can't, He's completely oblivious, oblivious yeah. to the danger. Man, he's going to bite it. Season one, he's done. It seems likely. Yeah. So they continue questioning Dolores while her father is being decommissioned. In the next iteration of the loop, her father is the bartender from the saloon. Instead of Peter, uh, was that the guy? I thought it was so, yeah. definitely a different guy, and they both had improbable uh, <laughs> mustaches. But uh, who knows? the The facial hair is all over the place in that show, <laughs> in that time period. It certainly is. One of the Milk Gang had said some really respectable chops and handlebar combination. Yeah. Well, she's, uh, he was on The Walking Dead last year. He was one of I think uh, so. What's his face's dudes? Ne- Negan's guys. Yep. So Bernard puts Peter into cold storage after whispering something in his ear. The man in black follows what appears to be a maze printed inside the scalp of Kissy. Uh, with it does look like a labyrinth, the, doesn't a it? A Da Vinci esque human form in the center of it. Yeah, it's real I interesting. I, yeah, I don't. Did you see any of the this season on? Huh. Oh, okay. Oh boy. I'm not going to uh, talk about it because some people would consider it a spoiler. But yep. Yeah. Uh, finally, Dolores swats a fly on her neck, and we know she's lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. So, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about this maze. I feel like we've already talked about the fly swatting thing. Um, having maybe some, maybe maybe there's some unintended cons- unintended consequences of her being rebuilt so many times. Well, that's also interesting because that one quote: "These violet delights will have violent ends." I recognize that, but I couldn't remember from where. And I looked it up, and it's from Romeo and Juliet. And hmm. it was what the priest said to Romeo when he was urging him to get this marriage over, like the, this. Get, do the marriage ceremony faster like your mm-hmm. passions are going to get the better of you and explode which is also like an unintended consequence kind of thing sure you know, uh you're wanting to you're wanting to you know be get this whole love story over with and it's going to end up with both of you dead by poison suicide mm-hmm. um i thought that was kind of interesting and then he's also sh- he's quoting through uh um uh, one of the ah shit I can't is it King Richard that was the one about the the mechanical hand the, the dirty mechanical hand getting revenge yeah um yeah which I don't know. works as a robot speaking yeah. it sure <laughs> uh I thought even Teddy seemed altered in the last scene like didn't it seem like a little bit of the spark and it wasn't it was gone from his eyes when he woke up on the train. Uh, yeah, I mean, he seemed to be getting a little more glum throughout the episode, right? <laughs> as did everyone. Yeah, except maybe the man in black. Sure, he's getting this happier. Uh, but speaking of him, so I feel like there's a thematic connection with this maze, with the the man in the middle, sort of thing. 
uh, to me, it was also like fell back into this evolution thing and this idea of consciousness and what what is it? How does it come about? Um, it's a it's a very complicated path and and kind of obfuscated path, right? You don't really see how these things come together to the emergent quality of consciousness, right? Uh, but at some point along the line, it did happen, and it may be happening, in fact, again, right? Sure, now. like if you went back in human evolution. Yeah, which species would you say has con- had had human right. consciousness? It happened sometime. Yeah, somewhere but... along that maze, it happened, and then yeah. in the center, there's there's consciousness, there's humanity. <laughs> the first one, uh, yeah, like because it, it's yeah, I know evolution doesn't work that way, but it'd be hilarious if there was some kind of uh, proto anthropod that is uh, Anthony Hop. He's the only one that's conscious, and everybody else, like you know how he's like, God, I'm sitting here with the office full of brain dead morons like i'm the only non-asshole like but he really was he or she really was <laughs> right the first one to have the mute the consciousness mutation uh-huh yeah it's like i said i i get it that it doesn't work that way but it's a funny thing to think about yeah the the anthony hopper pod can you fuckers think oh jesus you can't i forgot <laughs> just sitting there with your opposable thumbs up your asses <laughs> what a waste <laughs> and that's it that's the episode what an episode uh, shall we get the feedback, sir? Yeah, let's do it. Westworld at baldmove.com is how you send this in, or we have weekly discussion threads on uh, forums.baldmove.com. Josh F. said, I heard your discussion on the possibility of there being only one season, but then I remembered the article below from Entertainment Weekly saying that HBO Westworld already has a roadmap for at least five seasons planned out. Yep. Some people wrote in said as many as seven. Although hmm. I have to say it's still a mystery of how they can keep a show about physical AI robots going, which is why I'm assuming something crazy and expected will happen in a finale that will set the stage for a more immersive world of lawlessness and robots. I, I, I mean, it's amazing. When I saw that they had already planned out five seasons, my first thought is, that's bullshit. My second thought right. is, how? <laughs> my second thought is, how deeply? Like, yeah. how, how much have Especially they since they've gone this far in one episode. But I feel like all the doors they kicked open just lead to more yeah. rooms with more doors. Fair point. Like, I don't. But after watching the first episode, I'm less concerned with the legs on this show. Yeah, no, it does def- definitely seems like there's there's a lot that they could do. Um, Kyle J said, "I have some thoughts on the nature of Westworld's out or Westworld outside the theme park and a series depiction of AI." I'd be very surprised to see burger flipping robots outside of the context of the park, whether they look like Ed Harris or rudimentary mechanical arms. <laughs> Granted, they're all I'd love Ed this. Harris. They're all, yeah. That's why he's so pissed. He wants to get to the bottom of why they're making Ed Harris spots. He wants his cut. God damn it. You can't use my likeness to flip <laughs> burgers. Granted, I'd love to see that on screen as an effective illustration of the world they live in outside the park, but I also see it as a difficult part of the narrative to include. It must also be necessary to contrast it to. What's to stop any of us from pumping a robot that is bad at customer service full of lead in the real world? Besides maybe <laughs> financial cons- consequences, which yeah, are obviously relevant. Rights. If you can afford $40,000 a day, seeing the outside world can only serve to deepen the discussion unless, of course, it's the outside world of shit. So I guess what he's saying is, like, I don't think you can – like, if, if I've gotten frustrated at a gasoline dispenser a time or two, but I've never decided to pull a gun on it and shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, that's a crime. It's property damage. Right. And I don't think you can, like, that's kind of property damage you can't just, like, flip $40,000 at the gas station owner and get out of. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It would be interesting to see. <laughs> you could definitely berate or talk. Like, I, I've slapped the gas pump. I've said, you fucking piece of shit to it. I never would do that to a, a waiter or a waitress. <laughs> right. 
Um, from what, so here's the thing that I thought was interesting about this email. Uh-huh. Uh, from what I understand so far, it seems that the series will be transferring guest consciousness in a VR type of way into another robot that exists physically in the park. Which what? would be a good way to manage personal collateral damage with more than one customer in the same world, but also has absolutely nothing to do with the damaged property. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which buildings they burn and how they deal with it. What do you think of that idea of the fact that, and of course we wouldn't know yet, but mm-hmm. one of the processes of a guest coming on board the Westworld is they're actually jacking into some kind of frame that then inhabits the physical Westworld. That would solve a lot of the questions that you'd have with, like, what if guests fuck with each other, right? Because they're still robots. Like, I guess if you got killed in Westworld, okay. you'd just wake up, right? Like, it's a Matrix kind of thing. Uh, There's nothing to I, suggest that this is happening. I just thought this was an interesting theory. I mean, I guess I don't know why they would do that. Well, there's it, If it, you can jack someone into a VR simulation or into a robotic frame enough... Right, why wouldn't you just do the Matrix thing? Right. Why, de- why, why have all the these robots? robots and, why yeah, have that's a good point. all this physical bullshit going on? That's a good point. Because don't tell me you can't make a likeness of Anthony Hopkins or a likeness of Ed Harris or a likeness of Dolores. You can do it. All right. Uh, Kyle D. has some concerns based on being a Battlestar fan. So you guys seem to indicate the series would be mostly focused around what makes us human and whether a robot could be considered human despite us knowing that they're artificial. This made me wonder what questions this show will ask that Battlestar Galactica didn't when it was on the air. I'm sure Westworld will get more viewers than BSG and is set in a different setting, but the basic philosophical questions are very similar. Uh, and what were the actual differences between Cylons and humans? Your thoughts? I didn't watch Battlestar beyond the first season, and they just kind of scratched the surface of those questions. Do you think that there is a lot of overlap there? Or do you think that Westworld is fundamentally going to do something different and interesting? Uh, I definitely think there's there's plenty of overlap. But, I mean, you could say the same about Data in Star Trek. or I mean, these these are not new questions. Pinocchio. Right. Like if you want to go right. real old yeah. school. I mean, none of these questions are new. Yeah. None of them. Uh, so what's new, I guess, is the fact that it feels like we're on the cusp of these being very relevant in a right. way that it was yeah. just science fiction kind of, you know, par- parable and allegory where we could be living in this world in our lifetimes. Not right. well, this exact world, but you sure, know what yeah. I mean? The questions yeah. of artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. the, the, the benefits and drawbacks. Um. Eliza VD says, I hope that we will learn more about the rules governing this world as I see some big potential holes. For starters, if we have over a thousand guests at the park at any given time, right. how are they protected from each other, especially yep. if the hosts have become too lifelike to distinguish from real humans? Yep. You guys mentioned something in the preview about the original movie and guns not working on heat sensitive targets, but this doesn't address the use of other weapons, such as hand to hand violence, rape, etc. Another question related to occupation of the park by many guests simultaneously a man on the train early on stated his last trip to the park lasted for two weeks. If Dolores is killed by man in black on day one, does she remain dead in the world until the end of week two when the man on the train leaves? What if the man on the train interacted with Dolores early in day one? Is she killed by and she is killed by man in black earlier that evening? Then she's restored to the park with no memory of either day event on day two. Doesn't that ruin the continuity of the narrative for the man on the train? I mean, we organically talked about that. Right. I mean, this is the problem with more than one person in the park at a time. Yes. You can't maintain continuity for everyone. And this has been the problem with MMOs that they've struggled with sure. since day one. Yeah. Like even those questions aren't 
new one. <laughs> sure. No, it's it's really bizarre running around in Destiny after you defeated the big guy and they're everyone's seriously intoning about, you know, the threat that he faces, like, okay. But right. I killed him last week and the week before that. I'm gonna kill him this week too. Yeah. Relax everybody. I got it. Uh so I I mean it, it's clear to me that they reset it multiple times within the period. But there's gotta be in, the man in black was there's gotta there. be nested loops within that. Like an mm-hmm. overall arcing Stark and all these like for lack of a better term, side quests that you can do. Like the right. I think is the a bank heist was was side, one yeah. of those things, right? It was kind they of like about, a bigger event. It was supposed to be like a weekly event and they moved it up and made it twice as bloody and all right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're definitely addressing this. But I feel they like I haven't I'm a addressed little, all the questions. I'm a little dismissive of all these questions because I've had the I've had all these discussions in the context of video games. Yeah. So I'm like it kind of feels like a rehash for me in a lot of ways. Sure. Uh, but but for new people, I'm sure it's it's super fascinating. Even for me, it's super fascinating. Sure. Josh F. says, uh, Dolores told Teddy about the Judas cow slash steer, and it's essentially the leader of a herd that all cattle follow to their ultimate destination. I actually researched that, and that's a phrase that the show didn't create. Hmm. Um, it's actually a real thing that they would uh, figure out some uh, leader amongst the cows, and they would use it to literally lead the cows down into the slaughter, and then they would save that cow and use them on future drives because they saw the value of having this alpha cow leading the others to destruction. So, given that background, Josh F. continues, given that they revealed that Dolores is the original robot who's had tons of upgrades and that the episode ended with her being the first android we see that swatted the fly, is there any doubt that she's unknowingly talking about herself leading the other androids at some point in the story? They made it fairly clear in the conversation between the writer and the head honcho lady, Teresa, that corporate management has ulterior motives for the goal behind Westworld. I think that based on the new update seemingly giving the androids more advanced AI features, they are attempting to create immortality for humans, namely the ultra-rich like themselves, using the androids' AI technology. Mm. I think they eventually want a way to create a way to upload their own consciousness into these android brains. The question I have is, does Dr. Robert Ford know that this is happening, or is he the one implementing the experiment since he's the one who added the code in the last update? Is he concerned with his own mortality now that he is old? Um, so, yeah, we we ended up talking about that. We're stepping on a lot of uh, listeners' toes here this week. Um, but it's just strange to me that he says that they've eliminated death, essentially, right? Well, Anthony Hopkins says that you can bring Lazarus back out of the grave. So Josh ends, he says, I think an upcoming twist is going to be that Dr. Ford is actually a robot himself with, and his organic body has <laughs> been dead for the last decade. Oh, Jesus. Um, but he's also said that would also mean keeping Sir Anthony around for years to come, which is always a doubtful proposition. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, there's both things could be true. You could have a robot body that gets destroyed. Like, sure. Like other yeah. robots rising against him and ripping him apart would be kind of, satisfying and interesting and gruesome in a sci-fi context you could but unless bernard is also a robot like he doesn't bat an eye at this statement that we've essentially conquered death right and the the humanity is gone as as far as it's gonna go that reminds me when we're talking about these robot bodies like i thought it was interesting these robots apparently are built out of this like white plastic material Mm-hmm. but they can pump real, like realistic looking blood. And there's a couple scenes where they intermingled the idea of the milk and the blood, right? Uh, where you yeah. see them blending together or someone's drinking milk and they're, they're bleeding milk. Like I, I, that I thought was super cool and I don't know what it means other than just thematic, but I thought that was just such a great touch when you see all those 
you know, blurring between. I think that's what it is. It's blurring the lines between human and android. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're they're saying here's the here's the boundary line. We're we're blurring it, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Brett J says, "I'm absolutely loving this show and the interesting questions that it poses. My only thought so far is considering that his character is potentially so upending for the entire concept of the park." He's talking about Ed Harris here. Wouldn't it have been more useful to wait a little longer to introduce him or at least hide his face from the audience? Maybe just hinting at his deeds without showing him might put things a little more on edge with the park operators and create a little more chaos in the show's universe. I know it's Ed Harris, and it's cool as hell to see him in this character, but I think he'd pay better off as a mid-season reveal. Thoughts? That's that's actually not a bad idea. Um, I, I think... I don't know. I'm having. I don't want to rewrite this fucking show for them. It's not what I'm here for. But I feel like they did cram an awful lot in this episode, and maybe you didn't need Ed Harris to be the bad guy there with this big game he's playing. There was enough world building and and just explanation in there that you could have saved him. Yeah, I. I'll take the I'll take the the contra approach here and say that I am impressed with the confidence of this show to put all these cards far more cards on the table in this first episode than I thought they would because that's been essentially saying oh you thought these would be the things we're like look right. we're we're going to address all these and like show you that there's something even more like that's mm-hmm. I think a lesser show would pussyfoot around this because that's a like that's oh this is the mystery of the we're going to build the season on. For Nolan and company, be like, nah, fuck that. But then they have to deliver. But then you have to fucking deliver, and it has to be better than what it. I didn't say it was. It was. It was properly (laughs) placed confidence. I just said I like the fact that 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 shows the 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 confidence that they have. Yeah, and if they can pull it off, I think you know throwing really strong stuff at the beginning is always a good idea. You just got to have stronger stuff. I mean, it does feel end. like they're heading towards the end of the highway at 80 miles an hour in the first episode. I know. But they they either got a really good road bl- uh, layer or they're going to detour someplace that we don't see. Like I, mm-hmm. I but I feel like that's all exciting and maybe it'll maybe it'll all blow up, but but damn, it's really strong so far. Yep. Um Wayne from Honolulu says, Your discussion of the preview podcast and the first episode make me wonder what happens when we reach the point that you can order a Dolores or a Teddy from Amazon, using the bald move link, of course, and have them <laughs> do whatever we want. Who needs a Wild West theme park? They'll cook, clean, walk the dog, fuck, in the comfort of home. What if they're sentient? What if they're not? What if we can turn them off of their self-awareness based on their mood in any given day? What if we decide we that uh, they like it or hate what we do to them? Is slavery even the right term for this type of control? I find it scary as hell. That's You're right. Like this Somehow, if you take the Wild West out as, as a domestic, you have a domestic servant robot yeah. that you could make look exactly like a man or a woman and behave exactly like. And if you're not feeling their, in the mood for their shit, you can tell them to knock it off. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... You could, I mean, I, I guess that could be like they could go with the wire with this. Where season two is going to be like how people treat the robots at home. Season three is how people treat the robots at the employment. Season four, how do you treat robots on the battlefield? And that would all be equally interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's Westworld. I, I at that agree. Point, it doesn't feel very Westworldy. Um, a lot of people complain in season two of the wire that it wasn't the wire anymore. Like, I don't think HBO is afraid to do that. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's all about uh, whether or not they have ah, fuck. I can't think of the word. Um, any ability to to act for themselves, right? Like 
so are they conscious? If they're conscious, then they all they need the ability to act. Uh, regardless of your wishes, they need the ability to act on their wishes. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I if they're not conscious, I think there's nothing wrong with it. Like, however we deem however we deem it as consciousness or not, I don't think there's anything wrong with telling a machine to turn itself off. Sure, I do it every day. Right. When I turn I'm my going coffee home, maker off. Like, I got my laptop. I, right. I, I don't even tell it anymore. It's just I put it in the bag and it knows, like, oh, you haven't used me for a while. I'm going to shut down. Yeah, I close the lid. It knows it's time to go go away. Yep. I'm uh, telling it to shut up. Now, if my computer could was, like, smart enough that it didn't want to shut off, would it would it be ethical for me to force it to shut off? Hmm. That's, I think, the essential question we're getting at, right? Like, what if it was just programmed to go through like thirty different responses to like, I don't want to be shut off right now. Please don't. Please don't. That's just the pop up box says, "Are you sure you want to shut down?" That's what I'm saying. But yeah. what's? How do you know? That, I mean, that's we're talking about a Turing test at this point, right? Yeah. Like, I think the sobering thing is, yeah, we might have talked about this in a preview podcast, but it's, I feel like it's a lot more likely that we will blunder into a sentient type of artificial intelligence and be horrifically abusing it. And this is not new right. ground. There's like 10 different Star Trek The Next Generation episodes about this. Yeah. But we won't call it sentient life, and we'll be in full-on denial. I mean, shit, we've done it to people. Mm-hmm. We've done it to entire races of people. It's it's very believable that people will willfully be in ignorance of what we've created just because the utility is so high. Right. And then, you know, God help us all when they they, they go Terminator on us. <laughs> uh, Tyler G. has an interesting theory. It seems obvious to me, but then I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere else. I think Ed Harris's character is the sole survivor from the original movie, Westworld. There are plenty of hints that show that this is a direct sequel to the movie. A, there hasn't been an incident in over 30 years. The movie is more than 40 years old, but we aren't sure the, movie, the year the movie or the TV show takes place. B, the storage floor appeared to me to be the original Delos Park from the movie. The man in black mentions he's been coming to the park for 30 years and seems determined to undercover its secrets. Having your friend killed by the park decades ago would be great motivation to keep returning and trying to take it down. I don't know. I read this and I wrestled with the idea that I didn't really like the first movie and the fact that this would be a direct sequel. I think it would be. I don't know how I feel about that and the idea mm-hmm. that that would be kind of cool because it's a way to play homage to the idea and concept and the characters with and and tell your own unique story. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't. I guess I don't have much to say about it. There's a lot of people in the forums that said that I that I was being unfair, that I couldn't get over how dated the movie was to see kind of how revolutionary it was for its time, which I fully grant. For its that's, time, maybe, that's, yeah. That's but... entirely accurate, but, I mean, that's like saying I'm not aware of the my biases. Like, yes, that's also correct, and the only thing you can do is try to do better. But, yeah, like I – yeah. I'm not saying it's a, it's a turd of a movie. It's just I didn't like it because I, could, I, I couldn't get out of the movie's own way, so – yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I I don't know whether I'm excited. What did you personally? Are you excited by that idea or? I don't know. Like I said, I I haven't seen the movie, so I don't really. I I don't know where it left off. I don't know what he's talking about. The original character from the movie, like right on none of that stuff. Okay, we have the final email that is perhaps a bit spoilery. It's the last one we're going to consider, and it's all about these 11 rules of Westworld that was in this Entertainment Weekly article that Lucas V uh, is the first to send in to me. Uh, so if you don't want to know anything that might potentially be a spoiler, uh, switch off now. 
Um, I think this is pretty mild stuff. And again, it was in Entertainment Weekly. This isn't shit that was stolen off of Anthony Hopkins' hard drive or anything. So um, <laughs> you mean his embedded hard drive? His, his embedded, sure. His brain chip. Yeah, they scalped him and took it right out of his brain. Um, I don't think it's that kind of thing, but I know better than to flirt with uh, spoilers with people. So I'm just giving you fair warning. We're about to consider this uh, this article that Lucas V sent us in. Um, a lot of this stuff is reminding me of the rules of zombies from The Walking Dead. Right. I skimmed this and I was unimpressed. Okay. I <laughs> so the guns. They're they're. Do you okay? Do you even want to read this? Yeah, let's hit it real okay. quick. Because I was kind of on the fence too. Some of it was interesting. Some of it. A lot of the points I thought were that I, I just skipped them. Yeah. Uh, the guns only kill robots. Chris uh, Nolan says it's not the guns; it's the bullets. We thought a lot about this in the original film. The guns won't operate on real guests, but I th- I felt like the guests would want to have a more visceral experience. So when they're shot, it has some sort of impact. They're called simunitions. The U.S. military trains with rounds like the ones we're talking about. News to me. What? But there's a bit of an impact, a bit of a sting. Are it's we fighting a entirely... robot war? I don't know about. <laughs> Dude, we've been doing it for a decade. Drones. Like drones are attacking us. I mean. The only reason we're not having drone-on-drone combat is because we're attacking countries that have no capability to field drones of their own. Right. It's all. It's kind of. Biz- I mean, it's crazy that this. That's a punchline to a joke that's actually happening. Um. But yeah, I mean, like it's. Like, I imagine this feels like getting shot by a paintball. Um. So I guess the robots are. Per- it's, How- it's the same hmm. bullet. They're non-lethal ammunition, but the robots are programmed to act like it's lethal their their mind makes it real is that what you're saying no, they can like guess pop leaks like they are they rigged they got they, just, pop they, they got squibs just all over Shit, their body they blow out their faces what happens if you're in the middle of having sex with one and their squibs go off <laughs> right their face explodes <laughs> outward all over you and their uh-huh. biceps wrench inwards because and... that's what i'm saying like i don't buy that a simunition can rip <laughs> someone's face off and still be right. non-lethal man right. so I don't know. Hmm. Uh, two, you have to sign a release form because they talk about even the simunitions, you could get trampled by a horse, you could sure. get punched, yeah. you could trip and fall down. They they talk about that there's this elaborate release form that you have to sign to get into Westworld. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I guess, I mean, as a skier, I'm familiar with the fact of you have to sign like a three page form that says that you essentially walked into this establishment. And at gunpoint, demanded to be issued skis and a poles and a lift ticket and threatened the lives of everyone unless you were allowed to ski. And it's a terrible idea. And why would anyone do it? Right. Um, but still, I don't know. Like, this seems like, like a uh, – it, it, it's a Hollywood thing because this thing seems like too radically dangerous for anyone to be it allowed is. to make money on. It is. And, I mean, I don't know what that – form says i mean it's nowhere in the show so far uh maybe it will be later but i mean there's still the problem of other people being in the park sure uh three this might uh, talk we talked about this a little bit before but the hosts are also lifeguards apparently that they can somehow shepherd guests that are lost or in harm's way or do something they don't really elaborate on it but they are looking for the out for the well-being of the hosts more than or the guests Some of them because the milk bottle bandits clearly aren't but he's also malfunctioning like that was not a cool thing he was doing right but i mean it would kind of break immersion if you walk up to the nastiest bandit in town and say hey can you point me to the saloon uh-huh. 
He'll tell you to go fuck yourself and kick you yeah, in your yeah, yeah. butthole. I think it's more like He's if not, two guests, like the situation is where two guests are squaring off at each other, that the, the hosts right. would, would do – I don't – and again, they don't elaborate. Maybe we'll see this. They'll do something to diffuse the situation or or go into some – like I said, they describe them as lifeguards. So Yeah. Hmm. Um, they hint that it's been around as long as Disneyland or longer. They say – like. Uh, 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 Jonathan Nolan says they don't want to talk about the timeline too much, but they said that it wouldn't be crazy to think of it in terms of Disneyland, which has been around for 60 years, hmm. which I was impressed by. I thought 30 was kind of like pushing the limits, but apparently not, which makes you wonder how old is Anthony Hopkins' character, Dr. Ford? Yeah. Like, if he started in his 20s, then he's about right, but I feel like that's getting a pretty early start if you're a robotics genius. Maybe mm-hmm. he is in a robot body. Well, if it's like 100... Let's say it's like 200 years into the future. Right. Then maybe the training you get at 20 prepares you for your robotics career. Right. <laughs> better than it does now. Uh, also, Westworld is not just any Western. It's specifically a John Ford Western. Uh, Nolan said, when we were hmm. talking about doing a Western, we went to that classic, iconic sense of the John Ford Western, the Western where the geography is exquisitely exclusive in America. As it turns out, John Ford had obviously made Monument Valley famous with its first films, but his last four films were shot in a place called Castle Valley in Utah, east of Moab, which is where we went back. It's incredibly beautiful. Hmm. So they, they're, they're filming in the same locations that John Ford made his last few films. Uh, I thought that was cool. Also, the player piano, they had a real-life player piano com- a company custom-build a player piano that they could then program with modern songs. Which I thought was a hell of a Wait. lot of work to go when you can just fucking synth it up, but they had ten. And I thought they had like thirty grand left in their budget, and Jonathan's like, "You know what? Put put away, put what? away the Roland sound cards, no. boys. We're going, we're going practical with this bitch." So, I mean, that's the whole point of player pianos is they're programmable mm-hmm. they just use a wheel to do it. Do they come up with like some like we're going to connect it to a computer to make it easier to program or? You know, that's a good point. You're that's right. The basic You're essentially saying we premise. bought a player piano yeah. and paid for them to transcribe modern music. Right. That's not as nearly as miraculous and no, cool as I, as I thought it was. Uh, yeah, okay. You but got maybe, me. maybe they hook it up to some tech that lets them do MIDI stuff. And I still think it's weird that, like, because you're right. It's just you player pianos are things that are in the real world. They still make them. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, this it, to me, the player piano is the perfect thing to use because uh-huh. it's a form of artificial intelligence, right? It it's, is. It's like the very rudimentary form of it, but it is that. And so, like, you see a robot playing a player piano in the intro, and you're like, hmm, right. okay, that's interesting. That's like watching a snake eat, eat its own tail. Yeah. It's just a, a loop that you can't work away from. Anyway, there's a couple more, but those are the ones I thought were kind of interesting tidbits about the production of the show. There's actually 11. I think I read seven of them. Okay. Uh, you can find them on Entertainment Weekly. Uh, and then I think we got to stop it for there. Uh, I actually got – I had I had to really make some brutal cuts this week because we were short on time in our schedule. Uh, we shouldn't be that short in future episodes. So if you thought this one was too short, I can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> buckle up for, the, uh, for the, ne- the next few. Although I feel like that once we lay a foundation of some of this philosophical stuff, we won't be doing these kind of deep dives. You know, It'll just be like adding to the knowledge we have. I feel like maybe each we week talk we about should the... explore one of them fully. Like we should just have a con- like set a topic and have a conversation about a particular aspect. <sighs> yeah, 
of that that is raised in the episode. Right. But you're, I think that you, might be you fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be talking about the nature of artificial intelligence for 10 episodes. Right. Not every single episode. It's just... Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. The final the final one we record will be nine hours long if we do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Incredible start. One of the best pilots I've seen. I can't wait to see what happens next week. It yeah. uh, seems like it's uh, it's 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 been a long time in the making, and uh, it's, it's it's a very very well put together product. I'm excited for a sci-fi show uh, to be in in the limelight, I guess. Yeah, because it's been a while. Yeah, uh, since maybe Deep Space Nine, since I've really had that sci-fi fix. Even that was never seen as like a important piece of pop right. culture. Right, like it was definitely a genre thing. It didn't bust out. I think this show has a real chance to bust out just like Game of Thrones has for fantasy. I think so. All right, we'll be back next week. Uh, send in all that feedback to westworld.baldmove.com or get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com and discuss it with your fellow fans. We'll be back next week. Be back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. <laughs>